Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. From Michigan International Speedway in Brooklyn, Michigan, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company with coverage of the Gabriel 400 NASCAR Winston Cup Grand National Stock Car Race. Host for today's Gabriel 400 broadcast is Barney Hall. Well, hello everyone from Michigan International Speedway. It's a beautiful day here in the Irish Hills in one of the finest racing facilities in the nation, this two-mile D-shaped track here at Brooklyn, Michigan. In the field, it is by far one of the best we have ever seen at this speedway. 36 cars strong this afternoon. We'll go for 400 miles of competition. Neil Bonnet will be starting on the pole. We'll run through the starting lineup with you here very shortly. Tell you a little bit about this track. Michigan International Speedway, it's a D-shaped two-mile track with 18-degree banking out in the turns. The front stretch is banked 12 degrees. It's almost an oval all the way around as far as the banking like some of the speedways. The back stretch, five degrees banking over there, and it's by far and away one of the best tracks on the Winston Cup circuit. The drivers, they all like to come here. They like to run this track because for just sheer flat-out and hard-nosed racing, this is one of the toughest tracks in the world to beat for that type of racing. Jackie Root is in the tower with us this afternoon, and we'll be talking back and forth to keep you abreast of the action, as long as our reporters out in the corners also, and Ned Jarrett, who'll be down in the pits to cover all the action for you. Today's field, as we said a moment ago, is by far, Jackie Root, the best ever I think we've seen here at Michigan. Neil Bonnet, the Allison brothers, Richard Petty, Cale Darrell, Benny Parsons, and Buddy Baker. And in addition to that, there are three rookies who keep showing up up front. They will just not take a back seat to anyone. This is not the typical run for the rookie championship that we've seen in the last four or five years, Barney. These drivers are running not only for the rookie of the year title posted by City Corp and by NASCAR, but they are also running for those valuable Winston Cup Grand National Championship points and all three of them are right in the hunt as it applies to that as well. One driver has already won a victory at Bristol International Raceway. He is Dale Earnhardt with the Austerlin Racing Team. And when you take a look at the battle for the standings for the City Corp Rookie of the Year title, Joe Milliken leads with 15 starts over Dale Earnhardt, and Terry Labonte is in third position, and Harry Gant is in fourth. Well, they have concluded driver introduction down at trackside, and Jackie, just looking down at the infield, it's by far the largest crowd I think we've seen it here at Michigan for a NASCAR Winston Cup race. Just another installment on the great attendance figures that have been posted throughout the start of the season at the Winston Western 500, right straight through to our 16th event on the 31 race circuit. Barney, I think when they tally up all of the attendance for 1979, it could shatter all records for American motorsport. Well, it certainly has in the stock car division for everywhere we've been. We have had record crowds this year. And, well, you can see why from the type of racing they've had on the Winston Cup circuit this year. It used to be that you would see them take off and race maybe for a couple of hundred miles and then kind of lay back and play it cool, stay in the same lap with the leaders, and make their shot toward the end of the race. Now that is not true anymore. From the time they drop the green, they run just as hard all day as they do the last ten laps. And we'll talk with some of the drivers about that. Let's go back to the rookie thing for just a moment. Joe Milliken is about as high, psyched up for this race, I think, as we've seen any of the rookies this year. Their crew late yesterday afternoon in the final practice session 
changed a few things on the car, particularly the, the uh, suspension. He has adapted to this racetrack well, and he told me late yesterday afternoon that if ever they had a shot to win a race, it would be here today. Well, when you take a look at the run by Joe Milliken since the initiation of the season, Barney, he has always been in the shadow of someone else. First, it was rookie Terry Labonte with the great wins and the way he burst onto the scene at Darlington. And then, of course, the story the last month or so, the tremendous runs, first at Charlotte, then at Texas, and then again at Riverside International Raceway by Dale Earnhardt. Throughout it all, Joe Milliken has maintained his poise. The Appliance Wheels team from LG DeWitt Stable in Rockingham, North Carolina, they have done their homework, and they have planked the car well up on the grid for today's Gabriel 400, and I would have to agree that if he has a shot at winning an event, it would come on this two-mile facility today. A lot of respect goes out to the crew of that car also because, of course, they lost J.C. Elder and then Benny Parsons leaving the team and quite a few of the other gentlemen who had been on the team for a number of years left a, a group of young guys to piece it all together, and they've done a, a heck of a job this year to kind of keep that team where it has been. Let's get into the starting lineup. Starting in 36th position today will be Sandy Satulo from Avon Lake, Ohio in the Copper Kettle Marina Buick. Starting 35th in car number 81, David Sosby of Atlanta, Georgia in the Sosby Chevrolet, and we understand, I think, from Ernie Moore, who will be working as a NASCAR official here today, that that is Goober Sosby's son, who ran so many years ago in NASCAR. Starting 34th on the field will be Dick Brooks of Porterville, California, and the Bear Finder Chevrolet. This team has not gelled this year as they had hoped it would, and we talked to Brooks yesterday a little bit about that in the garage area, and we'll have a chance to comment on that as the afternoon progresses also. Starting 33rd in car number 09, Bill Seifert from Arden, North Carolina, the CRC Chemicals Oldsmobile. 32nd on the grid this afternoon is Tommy Gale from North Huntington, Pennsylvania in the Sonny King Honda Ford-sponsored car. 31st on the field, D.K. Aldrich from Harrisburg, North Carolina in the Midwest Farm Lines Buick. Buddy Arrington of Bartonsville, Virginia has brought his Reed Trailer Sales Dodge into 30th position and flanking him on the inside is a man that can do a heck of a job with a guitar and he can also do likewise with a race car. Country and Western giant Marty Robbins has come here prior to his visit to Daytona International Speedway for the Firecracker 400 and he has planked his car on the inside of the 15th row. And we asked Marty yesterday, we say, you have always said that racing is a relaxation for you. He does this rather than fishing and hunting or playing golf. And I just always felt that it was awfully tough to envision how somebody strapped up in a race car doing 150 to 160 miles an hour could call that relaxing. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to explain, but that's uh, really, does is a... Uh... Relax being excites me, you know, at the same time. It's like it's like doing the show. It's like being on stage. You know, but when the when the show's over, boy, and you know, I can I just can't settle down for a long time. But when the and, and it's just and it's the same thing as right before, say on the parade laps, you know, I, I get excited, you know, and ready to go. And once once they once they start it, see, uh, I, I really settle down because I know there's there's a place on that track for me, see. I'm not going to uh to uh I know just about who I can beat, you know, when the race starts. And, Barney, you can ask any of the drivers that are in the remainder of this 36-car starting field, and Marty Robbins is no joke. He is an outstanding racer. He's run for so many years whenever he could with the Winston Cup Grand National competitors. In fact, a lot of them say that if he had devoted as much time to racing as he has to writing lyrics and performing in front of massive audiences, that he could have been one of the superstars in the Winston Cup Grand National circuit. 
Well, they don't mind running with him at all. And a couple of times at Daytona and Talladega, he's been up around 185 miles an hour, and that's impressive to anybody. Well, Cotton Owens is his crew chief, and they will be bringing that car with a new number, number 36. They're giving 42 to Kyle Petty to Daytona International Speedway. He's the first entry for the Firecracker 400, and he's combined a little business with pleasure down there as he'll be performing in the Central Florida area on Saturday evening, and then he'll cinch up the seatbelt and go for the pole on Sunday afternoon as part of the Firecracker 400 weekend festivities. Starting 28th on the grid from Pleasant, Michigan in the Lasky Construction Oldsmobile is Paul Fess with John Kennedy of Villa Park, Illinois and the Avanti CB Chevrolet starting on the inside of the 14th row. The Mr. Transmission Chevrolet people bring Huntsville, Alabama's Jimmy Means to post position 26 and Bob Burcham of Rossville, Georgia making one of his infrequent appearances lately on the Winston Cup Grand National Circuit has put his car into 25th position. Starting in 24th spot will be Harry Gant from Taylorsville, North Carolina in the Race Hill Farm Chevrolet. 23rd, Richard Childress from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, the CRC Chemicals Oldsmobile. 22nd on the field is J.D. McDuffie from Sanford, North Carolina, one of the most steady performers on the circuit this year. He's in the Bailey Excavating Chevrolet. James Hilton of Grambling, South Carolina starts 21st in the Palatine Automotive Chevrolet. Then in 20th position is driver Frank Warren from Harrisburg, North Carolina in the Native Tan Dodge. And we discovered a very special story between Frank Warren and Tommy Gale, a little side deal that they've had throughout the 1979 season, and we asked Tommy about it before the start of the race. Well, we had the same deal last year for uh, who wins, uh, who does each other for the races for the year. And what's the score? Uh, right now it's 7-2-5. My favorite. Last year I beat him. I'm going to beat him this year, too. <laughs> He's one of the most happy-go-lucky drivers on the circuit, Tommy Gale from North Huntington, Pennsylvania. Lenny Pond will be starting from 19th position from Chester, Virginia, in the Ken Cole Mining Chevrolet. And Lenny is hoping to get that team together before the year is out. In 18th position, Roger Hamby of Ferguson, North Carolina, in the Kings End Chevrolet. He's had more than his share of problems in the 1979 season. Starting 17th, another driver who just continues to have problems every race, the 1978 Rookie of the Year, Ronnie Thomas of Christiansburg, Virginia, in the Stones Cafeteria. Chevrolet. Driving the Zoom Incorporated, Griffin Marine, MC Anderson entered Chevrolet as Benny Parsons of Ellerby, North Carolina. He has brought that car to 16th position. While going 15th is Dave Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin in the Shoney's Restaurant Chevrolet. Bill Green of Covington, Kentucky has brought the AKC Carded Chevrolet to position number 14 and rookie Dale Earnhardt. A disappointing run, but they had an engine expire just prior to the initiation of qualifying the first day. It was an untried engine, but they qualified at 159 and that gave him 13th starting spot on the grid. The Rust Hogs Buick from the Harry Hyde Stable with Penargel, Pennsylvania, Ty Scott at the controls will start 12th. And starting 11th is Bill Elliott of Dawsonville, Georgia in the Newton Skidoo Mercury. He qualified at 159.887. Well, starting in 10th position is Richard Petty, Randall, North Carolina. Petty starts the STP Chevrolet, and many feel that he is due to visit Victory Lane here this weekend. We'll find out before the day is over. Starting ninth, Daryl Walter, Franklin, Tennessee, the Gatorade Chevrolet. And talk about a hot hand this year. He's won four races. He's tied with Bobby Allison for four victories each. And those are the two hottest drivers on the circuit at present. 
Ricky Rudd of Chesapeake, Virginia has planked the trucks more mercury into eighth position, while running seventh is another rookie. This one from Corpus Christi, Texas, driving Billy Hagen's Stratograph Chevrolet, it's Terry LeBounty. Starting sixth on the grid is Bobby Allison of Hueytown, Alabama, hot off his win in the Napa 400 at Riverside, California. He's driving the Warner W. Hodgden, Bud Moore entered Ford Thunderbird. And on the inside, in the Bush Beer Oldsmobile. That's right, they've forsaken the Monte Carlo for Michigan. They've brought the Olds from the Junior Johnson Stable. Timmonsville, South Carolinian, Cale Yarbrough, three-time Winston Cup Grand National Champion. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. Starting in fourth position, the rookie we've been talking about early here this afternoon, Joe Milliken from Randleman, North Carolina, the Appliance Wheel Chevrolet. Then starting in third spot is Buddy Baker from Charlotte, North Carolina, in the Spectra Chevrolet this afternoon. And one of the things that is so important about Michigan International Speedway is the philosophy that the drivers have about this facility. They all totally enjoy coming here, and they all totally enjoy going at 160 miles an hour around this track. Buddy Baker filled us in on possibly why. Well, it is because you can take a car that uh, is two or three miles an hour off. If it's getting through the corners good, you can keep up with uh, any race car on the racetrack. And uh, it's not really the type of racetrack that one car just goes out and, and laps the field or anything because it's good and wide and you can pass on any part of the racetrack and it's ideal for racing. It's a type of racetrack that, uh, as you say, most drivers look forward to because you got a lot of room for recovery if anything goes wrong and, and uh, it's a good racetrack. Well, starting on the outside front row, Donnie Allison from Hueytown, Alabama in the Hawaiian Tropic Chevrolet. And Donnie's been off for a couple of weeks. You know, they've elected after Charlotte not to compete in the whole 31-race circuit for the Hawaiian Tropic Colors. They're going to pick and choose their super speedway races for the rest of the year. And one has to wonder if laying off for a couple of weeks hurts a driver as he approaches the next race. Well, I don't, th I don't think it really hurts any. It, uh, you know, we got to the point where we run every week there and, you know, didn't have a break. And, uh, you know, I feel like I might be a little more fresh than maybe some of the guys that made the long trip to uh, Texas and on out to California. So, uh I don't know. I think it might could be an advantage. Well, it was advantageous, and it came to qualifying. His effort at 161.853, it was just a tad short of the mark set by Neil Bonnet, Barney Hall. Well, Bonnet will be starting on the pole. He's from Hueytown, Alabama, the new driver of the Pure Lady Mercury, and he's had kind of an up-and-down deal in the car thus far. Of course, at Martinsville, they didn't do too well there. The engine expired on him out at Talladega, then he went up to Dover, Delaware, and brought the car home victorious there. But he's turned into quite a qualifier for them. Of course, he went to Charlotte, and everybody was betting against him down there for them to win the pole for the 12th straight time. David Pearson had had the pole 11 times in a row at Charlotte, North Carolina, and Bonnet went out of the car, came home, did the task, and put it on the pole there. Here they were betting against him again that he would not get the pole, but he did with a speed of 162.371 miles an hour. And he's a pretty good qualifier after those efforts since he got in the Wood Brothers Mercury. Well, I, I've kind of worked at it. Uh, you know, when I drove for Harry Hyde, Harry put a lot of emphasis on sitting on the pole, and, you know, I finally got geared up to go out there and really try to throw a designated number of laps at him real fast. And, uh, I, I think you finally get kind of a technique to get pumped up and really go out there and really concentrate on just running a few laps, and I'll get to where I really enjoy it now. 
That's the voice of pole winner here, Neil Bonnet, who will be starting out front this afternoon at the Gabriel 400. The crowd continues to pour in the speedway. This is the 16th race in the Winston Cup Series for 1979. Of course, Bobby Allison and Darrell Waltrip, the two top winners thus far on the circuit this year, both have four victories under their belt. Former winners here at Michigan International Speedway, Cale Yarborough and David Pearson, won the first two NASCAR races here back in 1969. And for other winners here, Charlie Glotzbach has came home victorious. Bobby Allison has won. So has Richard Petty, David Pearson, Cale Yarborough, and Waltrip. In fact, of the 19 races that have been run, only six drivers have been in victory lane in those 19 races. But, Barney, that was in the old days, before the renewed competition or the increase in competition that we've seen on the Winston Cup circuit for 1979. And when you take a look at the separation in the field, a scant 7.9 miles per hour separates 36th position Sandy Satulo from Neil Bonnet's qualifying effort. And that's the way it's been all year. The competition is much stronger. We've heard from people like Junior Johnson and Bud Moore, and they've told us why. They feel that the lack of a major rules change in the last couple of years has given all of the chief mechanics, from the little guys to the top wrenches, an opportunity to experiment and get 110% out of their equipment. And now it all rests in the lap of the driver's seat, the fellow that pushes the button. He's the one that gets it done on any race, and especially here in the Gabriel 400. It's time now for Grandstand Commentary with the editor of National Speedsport News, Chris Economaki. Grandstand Commentary is brought to you by Goodies Headache Powder. More people are switching to goodies because goodies cost less. And by 2020 Eye Drops, the only eye drops guaranteed to remove redness. For today's thoughts from the Grandstand, here's the Dean of American Motorsports Broadcasters, Chris Economaki. Those who follow the sport of kings know there are horses for courses. Well, in recent seasons, that belief has crept into big league stock car racing to the extent it is no longer a saying, but almost a religion. In years past, followers of stock car racing rooted for their favorite nameplate, Ford, Chevy, Dodge, Olds, you name it. With the need to give a driver exactly the right car, crew chiefs now find that specializing within a nameplate is a way of finding more speed and, more importantly, keeping their driver happy. A few seasons back, when one was told that driver A was wheeling a Chevrolet, it was automatic that he was in a Chevelle. This body style was, at the time, ideal for super speedways with its optional slope nose and aerodynamically slippery body shape. Then crewmen found out that the straight-nosed Chevy Monte Carlo, though larger and wider but with its engine further back in the chassis, worked better on short tracks due to its balance. The Chevelle's engine was a good ways forward compared to the Monte Carlo engine location, and on short tracks, the Chevelle's rear end was lighter than desired due to the forward weight bias. So it evolved that the top teams would run Chevelle's on the high bank super speedways and Monte Carlo's on the flat half mile ovals. Then the slope nose of the Chevelle was outlawed, leaving only the blunt nose version available. This triggered experimentation with Buick and Oldsmobile body styles, the engine and underpinnings of all GM cars remaining essentially the same. But the crew chiefs kept working on the excellent handling Monte Carlo and improved its trackability, to create a word, to the degree that it has become almost as good a super speedway car as the sleek Olds and Buick body styles. But there's always the cost factor to consider. And to have a Monte Carlo for some tracks and a Buick and Olds for others means two cars and double the expense. Presto, the Chevy Caprice appears on the scene. 
It's a compromise between the Monte Carlo and the Buick old Chevelle-type chassis. Buddy Baker, Richard Petty, and Darrell Waltrip have all tried a caprice a time or two this year, and because development is just in its early stages, have put it aside for the moment. Of the 44 cars entered for today's Gabriel 400, there were 27 Chevys. All but three were Monte Carlos, the exceptions being the Chevelle of Wayne Watercutter and the caprices of Dave Marcus and Harry Gant. When the qualifying was over, the field showed 25 Chevys, 23 Monte Carlos, and the Marcus and Gant Caprices, 8th and 16th fastest among the Chevys. So, the beginning of the Caprice crack in the Monte Carlo dike has begun. It could be a year from now the Monte Carlo will be a rarity in a race field. This is Chris Economaki reporting. Grandstand commentary has been brought to you by Goodies Headache Powder. More people are switching to goodies because goodies cost less. And by 2020 Eye Drops, the only eye drops guaranteed to remove redness. The opinions expressed on Grandstand commentary are those of Chris Economaki, and not necessarily those of the Motor Racing Network, International Speedway Corporation, or this radio station. here at Michigan International Speedway, the field continues to sit on pit road, and there has been just a momentary delay in starting the race this afternoon, Jackie, to allow the crowd, the huge crowd, to fill this grandstand area. There are very few seats left, Barney, in the main grandstand area, and as you survey this massive infield around this two-mile facility, Camper City, a la Darlington, South Carolina, seems to be beginning to make its presence known here in the Irish Hills of Michigan as well. And that's been kind of fun to watch as we've been coming here for so many years, to see how these Midwesterners have adapted to the Southern style of stock car auto racing and utilizing the infield is a great place to watch a race. It's become a little city and it's beginning to grow by leaps and bounds and I think when we get back here for the Champion Spark Plug 400 we could very well see another record crowd topping this one. Let's take a swing around this two mile speedway and familiarize you with the voices who will be covering the action of the turns here this afternoon. Down in turn one covering the action there will be Mike Joy. The D shape of this two-mile oval, Barney Hall, makes it a very difficult track to set a car up for in that each end of the racetrack requires a very different approach. As you heard Buddy Baker say earlier, it's a very wide racetrack, 73 feet wide in the turns. So three-wide racing is commonplace, and four-wide racing occurs, although rarely, as it did yesterday in the International Race of Champions event. But coming into turn number one, you're actually coming off the D, the curved side of the D shape of this oval. From the start-finish line, it's a gentle arc all the way into turn number Number one, And the banking rises from 12 degrees at the start-finish line to 18 degrees in the corner. So the drivers will sweep into this turn very high on the racetrack, up against the wall, down towards the end of pit road, and then try to bring the car down and hold it as low as possible through the middle part of the turn. Of course, they're already steering the car slightly left when they enter the corner, so the car doesn't take quite a set to the chassis as it would if you're coming down that long back straightaway. Out of turn two, again, it's a gentle transition from the 18-degree banking of the second turn down to the five-degree bank of the back straightaway, 2,500 feet long, which is where the draft really comes into play here at Michigan International Speedway. Back to you in the tower. As they move down that long back chute and sweep up into turn number three, covering the action in three and four will be Eli Gold. Well, we heard Mike Joy talk about that gentle sweeping effect in turns number one. Well, that's not the case here in number 
three and four because coming off that long back straightaway, it's somewhat of an abrupt entrance in a turn number three. But as was the case on the other end of the speedway, the track quickly pans out and you can really stand on it and not get out of shape in turns number three and four. There's plenty of running room, long sweeping corners. The groove in turns three and four, everybody comes off the back straightaway and dives down low. They ride low on the racetrack. Then as the apex of turn number three approaches, they begin to float back up towards the outside retaining wall and then exit turn number four out towards the outside wall. Exiting turn four could be an interesting factor here this afternoon because a lot of the drivers point to this area as quite possibly the area where they would like to pass should it come down to a last lap drag race to the finish line. It's interesting how some cars, if they're running in a tight draft, the cars running second and third can back down off the draft. They can go low on the racetrack and then the lead car begins to force outside. It begins pushing towards the wall. Then it is a drag race back to the finish line as the track sweeps around in that deep portion of the racetrack. But right now, Barney Hall, as the field comes to life behind us, we're looking for a great race here in Michigan. Well, the field has come to life on pit road. 36 cars strong, ready to go in the Gabriel 400 here this afternoon. As they come down this front straightaway, they'll be running into a little bit of a headwind this afternoon. They'll have a little bit of a tailwind going down the back chute, and at times that has been a problem here at Michigan, making the cars shoot up into that number three corner a little quicker than the drivers meant to, and sometimes they get out of shape there. Let's go down to the pit area right now and check in with Ned Jarrett and find out if there are any late developments on the cars. Everything seems to be in pretty good shape, Marty, as far as I know. I'm walking along beside to Leonard Wood, the crew chief on the Pure Leader Berkman that's sitting on the pole. Leonard, what kind of instructions did you give Neil? Well, we're going to let him kind of feel it out. You know, it depends on uh, uh, how fast the pace is. And I think he's going to kind of sit back in and kind of take it easy for a while. Leonard, after being around as many of these Western Cup races as you have over the years, do you get nervous before the start of one of them? Not really. Uh, I still like to end as much as ever, but uh, I don't really get that excited. Well, you can bet he likes to win, and he doesn't appear to be too excited. All the drivers are sitting in the cars. You can hear the motors in the background, so they're ready to roll off. We'll be covering all of the action here on pit road. And there has been one problem developing on pit road on the starting grid. Back in the fourth row on the outside, the Trucksmore Industries Thunderbird from the Junie Dunleavy stable with Ricky Rudd aboard has failed to fire. The crew has dived beneath the hood. There's six of them working over the engine compartment at the present time, Barney. Well, we'll keep abreast of that and see if Ricky Rudd gets underway as the field will move out very shortly onto the banking here at Michigan International Speedway. Just a magnificent day for racing. There are a few clouds drifting around in the sky, making it partially overcast. Yesterday, the temperatures were almost up to the 90s here at Michigan. In fact, it has been warm both Friday and Saturday in the qualifying, and they could not quite dial in their chassis setups as well as they would like to, not knowing what the temperature would be today. And it is probably about 6, maybe 8 or 10 degrees cooler today than it was yesterday. Field begins to roll down pit road. This is one of the finest racetracks in the nation. Here they do race nose to nose all day long. It's just 400 miles. It's like a sprint race, but that's the kind of racing we've seen all year. Talking to Neil Bonnet yesterday, he said the World 600 at Charlotte was a 600-mile sprint race. But as they drop that green flag this afternoon, look for eight and nine cars to ride that lead draft most of the day. We've had another problem on pit road as well. The hood has gone up on the native tan Dodger Frank Warren from Harrisburg, North Carolina, formerly of Springfield, Massachusetts. His crew is beneath the engine compartment as well. Jackie, the problem on the trucks for Mercury of Ricky Rudd is that the throttle linkage was stuck wide open. So they're changing that linkage right now. They should have him going very shortly. We'll check on the Frank Warren situation and get back to you. So that's the story on Ricky Rudd's car. Ricky, who has not had the best of seasons this year, he had hoped 
to really have some good finishes in the Trucksmore Industries car, but they have had their share of problems. And I'm sure it's probably a communication problem also there, Jackie, to go to a new team. Junie and the crew had worked with Dick Brooks for, what, about three or four years and then switching to this young driver. But they have a lot of faith in Ricky Rudd. They wanted an all-Virginia team, and that's exactly what they got. The engine is fired on Ricky Rudd's car, and the Chesapeake, Virginia, now takes up his position in the field. The same cannot be said, however, for Frank Warren's native tan Dodge. And for that report, let's go to Ned Jarrett. Okay, we're walking right up to the car right now. Frank, what's wrong with it? I think they got the plug wires crossed on it. Okay, he thinks it's the plug wires. They're working on the ignition. They're checking them out to see if they can find exactly what the problem is because when they cranked it up, it was only hitting on about four cylinders. Here at Michigan International Speedway, Frank Warren's car has just fired on pit road as he takes the native tan Dodge down into the number one corner as the safety car leads the field out of the number four turn. And there should be a take one on the field, meaning they will get the green next time by as they come around. And here is Ricky Rudd's car back on pit road. Maybe they want to take a last-minute check on that. We'll have Ned J it see if there is indeed a problem on that car other than what they discussed just a moment ago. Well, but that the, will cost him a spot as well, Barney, is now having elected to go on to pit road after taking his position on the racetrack. He will have to take up a position shotgun on the field, 36th on the grid. So his qualifying efforts have all gone by the boards due to that faulty throttle linkage. So the hood is up again on the Trucksmore Industries car of Ricky Rudd back on pit road as the field works its way down into turn number one. Let's go up to Mike Joy. Field is all in tow here, Barney, behind the AMC safety car, and everything is bunched pretty well. The track is clean and clear. There's no debris from uh, yesterday's activities. Things look to be in good shape for a start at this end of the speedway. Barney, they have, as you mentioned, the trucks more Mercury is back on pit road. They did not get the throttle linkage problem cured. Frank Warren is back out on the track with his car, but they are attempting to change the entire carburetor on that Mercury. They have very little time to do it in. Let's see if they can do it before the green flag drops. Well, it looks like about half the crew is under the hood of that machine right now of Ricky Rudd's cars. They're trying to get him back on the speedway before they drop the green flag this time around. If they change a carburetor on that car and get him back in, that is going to be a record, that's for sure. Field getting ready to go to green in the Gabriel 400 here this afternoon. As we said a moment ago, they'll be facing a little headwind going down into turn number one and a little bit of a tailwind down that back chute. And sometimes, if you have a six or eight mile an hour tailwind, it can push that car up into the number three corner a little quicker than you think you're getting in there, and it can get you out. Out of shape. Now, the driver will be watching early in the race this afternoon, of course, is the rookie. And he starts back in 13th position, Dale Earnhardt. It's, it's about as far back, Jackie Arun, I think, as he's qualified this year, as memory serves me correctly. And once they drop the green, he's qualified 7th and 8th a few times. He goes for the front. Well, as we touched upon in the opening of this broadcast, the qualifying effort is not indicative of just how fast the car will go. The problem arose just about in the last practice session prior to qualifying, and that's when they had an engine expire. They put an untested, un tuned engine in the car without any benefit of practice they went out and qualified in 13th position they've had a chance to work on it since then and you can be sure that jake elder has provided a steady mount for dale earnhardt this afternoon he likes this racetrack he's never run here before and ironically on several of the speedways we've been to this year that he has never been on before he has run as well or better than many of the tracks that he has some laps under his belt feel working up toward turn four let's go to eli gold well again as always on race sundays the plush green the tranquility of the rolling Irish Hills of Michigan shattered as this afternoon the field rumbles through turn number four. The pace car begins to put away the traditional welcome to the drivers here as the crowd stands waving hats in glory and right now the field headed by Neil Bonnet and Donnie Allison on the front row they cross through the entrance to pit road and head to the tower for a start. Chip Warren, the official flagman this afternoon indicating hold it down, green flag and the Gabriel 400 is underway coming up and coming 
coming fast is Donnie Allison on the outside, but Bonnet takes the lead down in turn one. Buddy Baker looked to the inside, had no room there as Neil Bonnet brings his Pure Later Mercury down low on the racetrack. He has the fast way around on the inside of the front row. Donnie Allison keeps pace with them as they swing out of turn number two. Baker is third, Joe Milliken fourth. Those drivers lined up side by side, two wide down the back stretch. Donnie Allison opens up a half car length advantage on Bonnet. But Neil Bonnet comes right back, staying on the low side of the racetrack. He puts that Pure Later Mercury back in front of neighbor Donnie Allison, trying to take the free ride as Buddy Baker as he too goes down low on the racetrack and also sneaks underneath Donnie Allison. They exit off the turn. It's going to be Neil Bonnet, Buddy Baker, Donnie Allison running in that order as they head back to the line. As they come to the stripe, Neil Bonnet will lead the first lap of the Gabriel 400. Baker second, Donnie is third, Cale is fourth, fifth is Milliken, sixth is Richard Petty. They're back in one. Sixteen cars in the lead draft. It's three wide for fifth spot and that splits off as Joe Milliken works his way around Richard Petty to take fifth. Petty is back at sixth. Terry Labonte is running in the seventh spot as they swing out of turn number two. Bobby Allison has moved up to eighth and challenges Labonte. A lot of good battles from fifth spot on back. As the leaders work their way back towards the banking of turn number three, it's going to be Neil Bonnet leading the pack through. He takes it again, the low side of the racetrack. Everybody will drift back up towards the high side as they work to turn number four. Bonnet in front, Buddy Baker running second, Donnie Allison running third, Cale Yarbrough running fourth, Milliken running fifth, Richard Petty running sixth, Bobby Allison going seventh. As they come down to the stripe, Earnhardt has worked his way into ninth position from 13th, and he is on the ramble as they head back into turn number one. Bobby Allison works the outside of the racetrack, catching a draft on Richard Petty. Allison is seventh. He is facing a strong challenge on the bottom of the racetrack from Daryl Waltrip. And Dale Earnhardt, who has moved right up in them, it's a three-way battle for eighth position out of turn two. Allison, with the Thunderbird on the outside, begins to gain advantage, and Waltrip is out of the draft and slipping back in the field. Indeed, Waltrip being passed now by Dale Earnhardt. So Waltrip tucks himself in front of Terry Labonte, now running tenth. Labonte trying to go to the high side of Waltrip, can't do. Dale Earnhardt goes way high on the racetrack through number three three and four. He draws side by side with Bobby Allison. Meanwhile, back at the front of the pack, it's a two-man race back to the line. The line to the battle to the line is a dead heat with Bonnet out front. Buddy Baker runs second. Donnie Allison is sandwiched on the high side in third. In the meantime, scooting down the backstretch is Ricky Rudd. Now, he is on the same lap with the leaders. They initiated that carburetor change, and they are on the same lap with the leaders, but he is woefully back behind the pace of Bonnet as Bonnet leads the field down the backstretch for the third circuit in this game. Gabriel 400. Let's go to Eli Gold. Neil Bonnet still showing the way. He's running first. Now Donnie Allison closing on Buddy Baker in a challenge for second place, but makes no move right here. As they work towards the banking, everybody going down low again. Richard Petty, he closes it now, making it a six-car draft and a tight one up front. It's going to be tight out of the turn with the battle still enjoying between Neil Bonnet and Buddy Baker. As they come back to the stripe and across the line, it's Bonnet, Baker, Donnie Allison, Cale Yarborough, Joe Milliken fifth, Petty is sixth, seventh, is Bobby Allison, and in coming up through the field, Mike Joy, continuing to ramble is Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt is working well, Barney, and he's keeping his car up high, which means he can run there. Well, he hasn't had a chance to get to the bottom of the racetrack. He's just moved past Darrell Waltrip, and that will put Earnhardt, the rookie driver, in the eighth position. They're in the backstretch. Running first is Neil Bonnet. Buddy Baker continuing to run second. Donnie Allison third. Cale Yarbrough 
running fourth. Up to turn number three, it's going to be Milliken running fifth. Richard Petty running sixth. Bobby Allison seventh. Dale Earnhardt eighth. Darrell Waltrip ninth. Running tenth is Labonte twelfth. Or rather, eleventh is Buddy Parsons. And twelfth will be Bill Elliott. That's the front draft. Well, the rookie everybody's watching right now is Milliken. He's hanging in there in the front five. He currently rides in fourth position as the field works their way back to one. Milliken doing a good job, Barney. He stayed right on the back bumper of Donnie Allison. Allison riding in the third position. Richard Petty is in fifth and the front six runners trying to hook up in a draft and pull away. The draft is very critical here. Here's Dale Earnhardt in turn two going right to the bottom of the racetrack running against Bobby Allison for the seventh position. Earnhardt takes it down the back straight away but Bobby Allison tries to step on it. Here comes three wide. Darrell Waltrip joins the battle. It's going to be Waltrip, Earnhardt and Bobby Allison crawling up the banking of turn number three. Earnhardt goes way down low. It's still going to be a triangle right now with Darrell Waltrip on the point as they battle for that eighth running position. Six cars ride the lead draft as they come out of turn four and sweep back to the start-finish line. Bonnet in front, Baker second. He doesn't want to stay there. He wants the lead as they head back into turn number one. Cale Yarbrough sneaks a peek to the low side on Richard Petty and then slips back up in the groove in sixth position. Dale Earnhardt has gone to the bottom of the racetrack, but it's cost him two positions. When you fall out of the draft here, it's critical. Here is Yarbrough underneath Richard Petty as they move out of turn two and into the backstretch. Yarbrough picks up the position and moves into fifth. Cale has the spot, right? Right now as your leaders work back to number three, Buddy Baker going for a challenge but can't quite make the move on Neil Bonnet. So Buddy Baker tucks himself right back in between Neil Bonnet and Donnie Allison as they run first, second, and third. Running fourth now as they work their way off the turn, it's going to be Joe Milliken. And right now as they work it off the number four corner, single file and still Bonnet showing the way. Baker runs in second, Donnie Allison is third, Joe Milliken is fourth, Cale Yarbrough is fifth. In sixth, the STP Chevrolet of Richard Petty. And running in seventh, let's go to Mike Joy. Moving up, we had almost a battle for the second spot, Jackie. Took my eyes off seventh spot. That was Donnie Allison looking low in the Hawaiian Tropic Chevrolet. A car that looks very strong in the early going here. It looks like he has the handling to get on the bottom of the track to test Buddy Baker, but no move this time. The Roger Hamby cars. He comes through number three and four corner. He begins to slow down and pulls low on the racetrack. Your leaders work the number three corner now as Neil Bonnet still shows the way. It's single file running as they split the turn right down the middle. Buddy Baker running second, running third is Donnie. Allison. A bit of a higher groove now for the fourth place runner. That's going to be Joe Milliken. Single file off the four corner. It's going to be Buddy Baker and a challenge. Well, they waste no time here at Michigan International Speedway getting at the business of racing. A battle for the lead in turn one. Donnie Allison on the low side with Buddy Baker up high. They entered the first turn two abreast with Neil Bonnet sitting in the third slot and Cale Yarborough fourth. The two cars continue to stay hooked up side by side through turn number two. Allison on the low side. Baker, though, it's a bit faster off the turn and has a one car length advantage midway down the back stretch. Uh, now Neil Bonnet steps on the button. He draws alongside Donnie Allison trying to make a move on Buddy Baker. It's going to be Neil Bonnet going down low. He sweeps half a car length in front of Buddy Baker, but Baker takes the high side on the turn. He tries to take that number one spot right back, exiting turn number four. It's going to be double file for the leaders. It's going to be Buddy Baker now showing a car length of an advantage over Neil Bonnet. Bonnet had all the power in the world coming down that back chute and pulled him by about four car lengths. Baker will have none of that. He comes right back around goes back into the lead in one. The Chevrolet Monte Carlo heads the field here with Bonnet, pure later Mercury looking to the low side. Baker will have none of that. Baker, Spectre Chevrolet, drifts up high in the turn in two. Bonnet stays about one car length back, and Donnie Allison is right on his bumper. 
four lengths back to Cale Yarbrough in fourth spot as they head down the back shoot. Running fifth is Darrell Waltrip being challenged by the sixth place runner Joe Milliken. Running seventh, Richard Petty. Running eighth is Bobby Allison. Dale Earnhardt going ninth. Lapati running tenth. Benny Parsons eleventh and running twelfth is Bill Elliott. Your leaders go single file through the three and four corner dissecting the turn as they go. Off the number four turn it's going to be Buddy Baker showing the way a car length over Bonnet. Barney had mentioned the fact that Roger Hamby was having problems with 15 10 Chevrolet. He's been in for a pit stop. They did something under the hood. They borrowed an engine from Junior Johnson for that car this morning. They had problems with their own engine in it, but uh, they're showing a little bit of smoke now, so we'll keep our eye on that car to see if he's able to continue. He is on the track running now, though. He Contest for the lead, and there has been a change in front of Mike Joy. Neil Bonnet back to the bottom of the racetrack. Took the lead from Baker at turn two. Now at the backstretch, Donnie Allison runs Baker for second. Buddy, trying to be wary here as he does not want to drop kick back a couple of positions. Neil Bonnet showing a seven-car length advantage over the second-place runner, Donnie Allison. Allison a bit lower on the racetrack than is Buddy Baker. The fourth and fifth-place cars now side-by-side side as Darrell Walter battles with Yarborough in the turn. As they sweep out of that fourth corner and back to the start-finish line, Bonnet now by just half a car length. Donnie Allison just hounds him, and he goes after the lead underneath him in one. The passing point has been turn one in the early going, as this time Donnie Allison takes his Chevrolet to the bottom of the racetrack, and that's the fast way around. He moves around Neil Bonnet into the lead. Lap traffic begins to become a factor here at turn two as the field strings out just a bit with Buddy Baker riding third, some four car lengths off the lead pace. Allison dispenses with lap traffic, and Bonnet closes right on his bumper again to draft in the back chute. Neil closing tightly as they work up to the number three corner. Half a car length, now a car length is the deficit. Working their way by the lap traffic. Your leaders work up the number three and four corner. Closing now is Buddy Baker. He makes it a tight three-car draft between your leader, Donnie Ellison. Second place, Neil Bonnet. Buddy Baker running third. Tommy Gale has just taken the Sunny King Honda Ford back to the garage area and gone through the wall. Here comes the battle for the lead again. It's Bonnet back to second. Donnie is out front. And three cars link up in a tight draft for the lead back in one. The front three have about an eight-car length margin on fourth spot. But in the turn, Donnie Allison seems to be handling better than anyone at turn one. He dives that car low on the turn, right to the apron, and gets into turn two with about a four-car length advantage on Neil Bonnet. He holds that margin out of turn two and into the back chute, but Bonnet has plenty of power. Indeed, the last time throw here, too, the same as Neil Bonnet closes up on the rear deck lid of that Donnie Allison automobile, takes him the 2,500 feet of the back stretch to do it. But right now, it's a tight single-file routine again, as still Donnie Allison leads Neil Bonnet, Buddy Baker running third. Battle for fourth place and joined now by three cars, as Milliken, Yarborough, and Walchip work in a triangle formation. Front three run by themselves. They have about an eight-car link advantage back to fourth position. There's a dandy battle going on among Cale Yarborough back there and Darrell Waltrip down in turn one. Yarborough sits in fourth with Waltrip fifth. Milliken had a look on the low side of the racetrack, could not keep his car down to the bottom, and he slides up back into the draft at sixth spot. Richard Petty rides seventh as they head out of turn two. Bobby Allison is eighth, Terry Labonte ninth, and Dale Earnhardt tenth. One of the circuit regulars, J.D. McDuffie, comes through number four slowly and works his way down to pit road. Meanwhile, your leaders back up to the number three turn. It's Donnie Allison right now showing a bit of a comfortable lead, larger than he's had the last three laps through. It's going to be Neil Bonnet continuing to run second, Buddy Baker running third, Yarborough is fourth, Waltrip is fifth, Milliken is sixth, Richard Petty running seventh. Bobby Allison is being posted in the eighth position, sneaking a peek to the inside in ninth is Terry Labonte. Dale Earnhardt is in 10th. Benny Parsons is 11th. 12th to Bill Elliott. Lenny Pond is shown 13th. 14th to Dave Marcus. Bill Green in 15th. Ty Scott 16th. 17th goes to Dick Brooks. Paul Fest is 18th. 19th is to Harry Gant. 20th is to Richard Childress. Frank Warren is 21st. 22nd is Jimmy Beans. 24th. 
third is number 67, Buddy Arrington, as they work down the backstretch in front of Eli Gold. The lead right now and joined by Donnie Allison, the largest of an advantage we've seen anybody have all afternoon long. But again, Neil Bonnet and Buddy Baker are in the rest of the draft now. They all tighten up and begin to chase down Donnie Allison. Everybody's still splitting that turn right down the middle with the exception of going on the high side for Bobby Allison. He's taking a higher line than everybody else. Back to the line and a battle for second. Across the stripe, field. There are 11 cars now in the lead draft. Let's go down to Ned Jarrett. Barney, one of the main concerns here in the in the Michigan International Speedway area is turn one, and your leader, Donnie Allison, is especially concerned in that area. You drive the car so deep down into number one turn. You know, a lot of guys will get a car. It feels so good that you get a car down there too deep, and, and you get in there a lot further than you think you are, and then all of a sudden you got to make a sharp turn back to the left uh, to get off the, uh, down the back stretch. Where uh, three and four, it's a, it's off of a straight straightaway, and you do back off, and then you got a nice sweep and turn all the way out onto the front stretch. Well, riding that sweeping turn is the Hawaiian Tropic Chevrolet from the Haas Ellington Stable. He now has a four-car length advantage over Buddy Baker of Charlotte, North Carolina. Then three car lengths back in third spot is Neil Bonnet. Then it's Darrell Waltrip, Cale Yarbrough as they go to one. Allison's advantage is here at turn one. He gets down low on the racetrack, and he picks up at seemingly a car length every time through the first turn on second place Buddy Baker. The margin now sits at four car lengths, first to second. Another eight car lengths back to third, where Waltrip goes to the inside on Neil Bonnet down the backstretch. Lap traffic is a factor as Waltrip tries to move. They had three abreasts they joined James Hilton working by him. Right now, Neil Bonnet trying to hold off Darrell Waltrip. Waltrip steps on the button. He rides the low side, tucks in, and sweeps back in front of Neil Bonnet. So it's going to be Donnie Allison and Buddy Baker. Then eight car lanes back to Darrell Waltrip and Neil Bonnet as they exit four. They try to tighten up that draft and open up separation on the third place car. That's the strategy here at Michigan International Speedway. The draft about as effective here as it is at Daytona and Talladega. They go back into one. The two Monte Carlos trying to hook up. They have opened up eight car lengths now on Darrell Waltrip, who is trying to scramble away from Neil Bonnet without success. It's Donnie Allison out of turn number two on the low side, working race traffic. Buddy Baker, four car lengths back. As they move into the back straight, it's about eight car lengths back, then to Waltrip in third. Running fourth, Neil Bonnet being challenged by fifth place, Kale Yarborough. Running sixth, it's Joe Milliken. Dale Earnhardt running seventh. Richard Petty going eighth. Labonte going ninth. Benny Parsons tenth. Bobby Allison running eleventh. Right now, your leaders work to number four corner. It's still a comfortable lead right here for Donnie Allison and Buddy Baker. They run one and two. Try to put some distance between themselves and the rest of the pack. And Barney Hall the first car into the garage area is Tommy Gale. Tommy, what's wrong with the car? Oil pan's leaking and we're, we're throwing too much smoke. They black flag me. Okay, that's a report from Tommy Gale. They're going to try to get it back in the race. A lead change again here at Michigan International Speedway. Buddy Baker planks his car back in front this time as they head up into turn four. Buddy Baker, he leads Donnie Allison. Meanwhile, right now, the battle is joined for fourth, fifth, and sixth. It's going to be Bonnet joined by Yarbrough, Milliken, Earnhardt, a tight bunch to the line. Four abreast as they came out of that fourth corner, and Dale Earnhardt was right in there, and it looked like a little contact among those five or six cars. They're running at a group down in front of Mike Joyce. And they're still three wide, Barney, with Betty Parsons looking way down to the low side as they come out of turn Number two for that spot. Cale Yarbrough heads the group of them with Neil Bonnet alongside Richard Petty right behind him. Dale Earnhardt, Terry Labonte, Joe Milliken, the three rookies right in the thick of things of a great battle down the back straightaway from fourth spot on back. We've Neil. said it before and we'll say it again. They're racing here at the drop of the green flag like it was the last lap and that's the way it's been for the last four races that we've covered on the MRN Broadcasting Company and Neil Bonnet shared some thoughts as to why. So there's a bunch of new guys in and uh, a 
the good cars are, are capable. You, you want to get away from somebody. And maybe for a few laps you can do it and lead, lead the race and cool the car down. As hard as we're running the cars now, it's a big factor to keep them cool. And to cool them, you get up front. And it, you wear a car out trying to stay up front and keep the car in good shape. It, uh, as many packs as we run in now, the multiple wrecks are a common deal. So uh, the closer to the front, the better percentage is if, if there is a wreck, you're going to be out of it. So the whole total game now is to run up front. And to do that, uh, there's no such thing as run up and cool it a couple laps and run hard a couple laps. It, it turns out to be just a 400-mile or 500-mile heat race. Whoa, trouble right here at the start-finish line. Richard Childress has spun his car. The CRC chemical car goes flying off the racetrack and bites the dirt and skids off down in front of Mike Joy. Childress's car has come to a stop down here in the grassy apron as the caution flag has been displayed. He did not appear to contact the wall, Barty. He was sliding down into the grass, brought the car around to a stop, and he's well out of the way of oncoming traffic. And that is a generous break for Ricky Rudd, Barney Hall, because coming out of turn number four, Ricky was about to be overtaken and put one lap down by your lead tandem team of Donnie Allison in second position and uh, in first position and your second place runner, Buddy Baker. But Chip Warren's caution will move him to the rear of the field, and after all the lengthy problems on pit road now ricky rudd will be able to go racing on the same lap with the leaders so a scary moment there for richard childress of winston-salem north carolina the car came backwards down the front straightaway did go off the racetrack and that's where it rested present about 30 or 40 feet out of the grass and the first caution flag of the day has been displayed to the winston cup drivers here at michigan international speedway in the gabriel 400 we are 25 laps into the event 50 miles into the 400 mile race here this afternoon and again, Barney, we've got to reemphasize the fact that it's just unbelievable the type of racing we've had. The leaders are all taking advantage of this early caution to come in and make most probably chassis adjustments on these cars. As it's been said time in and time again, you have to hit the right combination. You take advantage of these caution periods to dial it in, to get it down to perfection. Everybody is on pit road, and it looks as if there'll be about five cars behind the safety car as it takes up its position in turn one in front of Mike Joy. Down here, Richard Childers is out of his car checking over the damage the CRC chemicals old. He took a look around at the right rear corner of the automobile, and now he's jumped back in. Looks like he'll try to fire it and bring it onto pit road. Childress climbs back in the car and will take it out of pit road. Whether he lost an engine or whether he cut a tire, something happened to the car to put it backwards here in the front straightaway as the field went sweeping by. No contact with anyone else. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Most of them are taking advantage of this caution to change all four tires, Barney. Buddy Baker and Cale Yarber are racing down pit road right now, both of them having taken on four tires and the rookie Joe Milliken. They did make a chassis adjustment on the Bush Beer Oldsmobile driven by Cale Yarborough. He was running up there with the leaders, but he's a driver that likes to go to the front, so it'll be interesting to see what that change will do. Of course, others will be taking this opportunity to make chassis adjustments, too. That would be changing the weight from one wheel to the other to make it adhere to the track just a little bit better. Back here at Michigan International Speedway, we are working the first caution. 26 laps have been completed of the 200 scheduled on this two-mile facility. And behind the safety car come the fellows that have elected not to show on pit road. And that will put some of the relative unknowns like J.D. McDuffie out front. But your current leader at the present time is Daryl Waltrip of Franklin, Tennessee. Bobby Allison runs second. Richard Petty runs third. Donnie Allison is fourth. And fifth is Buddy Baker after running second prior to the display of the caution. And you know, Barney, it's, it's, it's really good to see Baker running as well as he is. The team has been bereft with political problems for the last couple of weeks. The vacation by Herb Nab. There's a lot of speculation as to whether he will be returning to the team or whether they'll give the full reins over to Waddell Wilson. You had a chance to talk to Buddy Baker about that yesterday afternoon. Well, we 
there has been some internal strife in the Baker team for the last few races, and Buddy has been really kind of torn between a rock and a hard place in that situation, and these were his comments about it. Racing is a concentration game. It's uh, the reason they talk so much about David Pearson or Gray Fox is because he could think, and Richard Petty is certainly a thinker behind the wheel, Bobby Allison. The guys that win are people that concentrate a lot on what they're doing, and uh, any faction that comes in like... Uh, a problem that you have to continually deal with. Uh, it does have a, a tendency to, to make you lose concentration on what you're doing. I think it hurts your job. From Michigan International Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Here at Michigan International Speedway, the field is being given the indication they will get the green next time by. First caution flag of the day, working lap number 29 of the 200-lap event this afternoon, the Gabriel 400 here at Michigan International Speedway. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Barney, that had to be a frustrating situation for Richard Childers, which caused this uh, caution. You mentioned that he'd gotten out of his car, got back in it. He didn't see any thing done wrong, and it took the wrecker a while to get there, and all he needed was a push to get that car to going again. The starter just wouldn't do it, so Richard lost several laps there, but he is back out in the field running. There has been a driver change during this caution uh, period. Roger Hamby has come out of the King's End Chevrolet, and Steve Pfeiffer has replaced him. Here's how they're running as we get ready to resume green flag racing. Darrell Waltrip has inherited the lead. Bobby Allison runs second. Richard Petty is third. Fourth goes to the Hawaiian Tropic team with Donnie Allison. Fifth is Buddy Baker. Sixth is Cale Yarbrough. Benny Parsons is seventh. Eighth to Joe Milliken. Ninth to Bill Elliott. In tenth position is Lenny Pond. Dave Marcus and his Shoney's restaurant team is in eleventh. Twelfth to Dale Earnhardt. In thirteenth position is the Purolator Mercury with Neil Bonnet aboard. Terry Labonte is fourteenth and fifteenth is the Rust Hogs and with Ty Scott at the controls. They're getting ready to go back to green up in turn four. On the double file restart, it's going to be the outside groove as always. The faster cars, your leaders head towards the line. We're back to racing. Here comes Waltrip in the Gatorade car. Leads him down to the start-finish line as we go back to green in the Gabriel 400. Waltrip out front, Bobby Allison second, Richard Petty in third. Those three cars break away from the field. They've got about a 10-car length separation on fourth place, Donnie Allison. Fifth place, Buddy Baker, as the field begins to sort itself out. Dale Earnhardt came very quickly up through the field. He's running in the 10th position right now, still in heavy traffic. Front three cars continue to break away out of turn number two. In a tight draft down the backstretch, Allison looks for the lead. Further back in the pack also, Neil Bonnet working back from that 13th spot on the race start. Back for your leadership, going on the low side. It's going to be Bobby Allison. He takes first place away from Darrell Walchip. Single file now through three and four. It's going to be Allison, Walchip, and Richard Petty. The tight three-car draft as they head back to the line. As they jockey for position back through the field after this restart under green Waltrip is back in second spot but he goes right back after Bobby Allison door to door down in one. The Gatorade Chevrolet bottom of the racetrack against Allison's Thunderbird. Waltrip makes it stick on the bottom and takes the lead. That bit of jostling allows fourth place Donnie Allison to catch up onto the lead draft. Buddy Baker riding in the fifth position out of turn number two. Cale Yarrow in sixth. Benny Parsons seventh. Joe Milliken eighth with fellow rookie Dale Earnhardt in the night slot. Single filed on the back straight. Your leader's working it again but again a challenge from Bobby Allison. He closes to a half a car length down on Darrell Waltrip. Elects not to make a move here. Meanwhile, Donnie Allison has joined in. Here comes Buddy Baker as they tighten up on the rear side of Richard Petty. So right now it's going to be a tight five-car draft off the number four corner. Make that a nine-car draft for the lead as they come back to the start-finish line. Coming up through the field, Earnhardt on the tail end of that nine-car draft trying to catch up. Milliken ahead of him in eighth position. They're still single file back in the south end of the track. Richard Petty looked to the low side for a moment. Donnie Allison followed him downstairs. They could not make any time on Bobby Allison running in the second spot. 
Out of turn number two, it continues to be Waltrip leading Bobby Allison, Richard Petty, Donnie Allison in fourth, Baker sitting in the fifth position down the back chute. Cale Yarborough is running sixth, Joe Milliken going seventh, Benny Parsons eighth, and then running ninth is Dale Earnhardt's automobile. As they work up the groove now, here comes Richard Petty to the high side of Donnie Allison. He tries to pass on the high side and does, works his way back, but now Donnie Allison glued down low, tries to draw alongside, and now they two battle for third place. The contest is enjoined for that third position. Richard Petty snares it this time by with 33 laps completed. He has the third spot. And now fourth goes up for grabs in front of Mike Joy. Donnie Allison to the outside with Baker on the bottom of the racetrack. Joe Milliken fills the spot in the low groove against Cale Yarborough. Race traffic, a factor here at turn two. They are still too wide going around for that sixth position. Out of turn number two battling for sixth spot in heavy traffic are Joe Milliken against Cale Yarborough. Cale Yarborough going to the outside of the racetrack makes the move on Joe Milliken and has the spot comfortably so but Milliken he's not going to back off and tries to catch on for that tight draft as the leaders work their way through the number three and four corner they continue to split it right down the middle with Darrell Waltrip showing the way on the point running second Allison third is Petty the novel continues the players are the same but the location is different Michigan International Speedway with Darrell Waltrip at the controls of the die guard Gatorade Chevrolet leads the Gabriel 400 right in second is Bobby Allison then a contest two by two in turn number two for the third spot. Buddy Baker with his Spectra Chevrolet on the bottom of the racetrack took the low groove away from Richard Petty. But coming out of two, the draft is to Petty's advantage as he's lined up behind the first and second place car and Baker is caught out of the draft in the back straight. And Buddy Baker being drop kicked back to fourth. Now back to fifth is Kale Yarbrough and Donnie Allison both moved by him. Your leaders working it through the three and four corner. Here comes Richard Petty going down low on the racetrack. He sweeps under Bobby Allison floats back in front of him and it's Richard Petty now in second behind Waltrip. Richard Petty makes the presence of the STP car known as he comes diving down to the bottom of the racetrack, moves up to second position and he goes after the lead down in one. As they're three wide for third spot, Petty puts his STP Chevrolet underneath Waltrip at turn number one and they are dead even at turn two. Bobby Allison breaks away from that third place battle. He's third, Baker's fourth, Yarborough's fifth. The battle for the lead out of turn two with Petty on the low side. Coming up high and fast on the outside of the racetrack is Daryl Waltrip. Waltrip puts the nose of Bertha ahead of the STP car. Now Richard Petty, who looked to the low side, tucks himself back in behind Daryl Waltrip. It's going to be single file this time through for first, second, and third place. Now the fourth place battle shaping up between Bobby Allison and Cale Yarborough. Bobby Allison on the high side looks to take the spot. He steps on the button and heads to the line. Eleven cars are in that lead draft just inches apart. Now slicing all the way to the bottom of the racetrack comes car number 21, the pure later car, as he tries to move up Neil Bonnet. They were four wide for a second at the stripe as Bonnet goes for eighth position against rookie Dale Earnhardt down in turn number one. The front seven cars have strung out a bit as Bonnet and Earnhardt run their own private battle behind Donnie Allison ahead of Benny Parsons as part of that 11-car lead draft. Bonnet is on the low side. He's out of the draft. Earnhardt gets the slot. Meanwhile, your leadership back up to turn number three as Darrell Waltrip has a car length and a half of advantage over Richard Putty. Running third is Buddy Baker. Fourth continuing to be Bobby Allison. Fifth is Yarborough. Sixth is the Millican car. Seventh is Donnie Allison. Eighth is Dale Earnhardt. Ninth is Neil Bonnet. Back in tenth position is Benny Parsons at eleventh right now. As they come across the stripe, Petty goes after the lead again. He's door to door. Back in turn one. 
Petty gets right down low into turn number one on the bottom of the racetrack as he challenges Darrell Waltrip. But Waltrip has the steam in the high groove. And Petty cannot keep his car running fast enough down low to hold that lead. Out of turn two, Waltrip is on the high side, so he'll have a bit more speed off the corner. He opens up a half, three-quarters of a car length on Petty. But Petty battles right back, and Baker makes it three wide. It is a three wide drop down the back straightaway. Buddy Baker down low. Here comes Cale Yarborough. He tries to get the free ride and does sweep back in front. So a massive change of position as Baker runs in first. Yarborough running in second. Now here comes Richard Petty. He goes to the basement, draws alongside Yarborough in a hot battle for second. Folks, you won't believe the racing in Michigan this afternoon. They're running three abreast through the corners in both ends of the speedway. It's Baker out front, Yarborough second, Waltrip third, and Richard Petty trying to get in there again. But the draft is so critical, Marty, in turn one. Petty is on the low side all alone, and that is costing him a couple of feet into turn number one. He is still alongside Waltrip, but rather than battling for the lead as a lap ago, they're fighting for third slot as Baker leads them off the turn. Kale is second. Waltrip has the power down the back straight to hold third, and Petty will slip up in fourth. Richard Petty fourth, running fifth now. It's going to be a brother battle as Donnie and Bobby Allison draw alongside. Donnie wins this particular confrontation, floats into fifth place behind Richard Petty. It's a single file dance right now through the number four corner. Buddy Baker showing the way. He's got the lead. But as they peel out of turn, number four and head to the stripe to complete the 39th circuit, it is Baker, your leader. Yarbrough taking over second. Waltrip is third. Petty is fourth. Fifth to Donnie Allison. Bobby Allison is sixth. Dale Earnhardt is seventh. Lee change at turn one. Cale Yarbrough's Bush Oldsmobile goes downstairs and takes the lead from Baker at turn two. Yarborough tries to come back up into the groove and sweeps up into the lead with Baker second, Waltrip third, Petty fourth, Donnie Allison try to move but remains in fifth spot. Running sixth, Bobby Allison, seventh, Dale Earnhardt, eighth is going to be Penny Parsons, ninth is Joe Milliken, tenth is Lenny Pond, running eleventh is Neil Bonnet on the pure later Mercury. Your leadership now back in a number three and four corner. Cale Yarborough feeling the heat from the Spectra car of Buddy Baker as Baker closes in, has nose to tail with Yarborough off the four turn. You'd think this was the international race of champions, but it's a Winston Cup Grand National event, and at the stripe, it's Baker on the inside, Yarborough on the outside, a contest for first. Lap traffic, Cale Yarborough tries to fold the boxer out of lap car and can't do it. It will be Baker taking the lead through the first turn with Yarborough second. Waltrip had to lift from the throttle. It cost him five car lengths. He's still third. At turn two, Donnie Allison goes three wide to challenge Richard Petty for fourth spot. He gets fourth, but again, he is out of the draft, and Petty moves up with Dale Earnhardt on his bumper. And now Dale Earnhardt also moves by Donnie Allison. So Donnie losing the draft drop kicks a couple of positions back. It's a low side of turn number three now as they float back up towards the wall of turn number four. That's the groove set here. Going high on the racetrack further back is Benny Parsons. He chooses the higher run as Baker leads the team out of the fourth corner. Thirteen cars are in that lead draft. Waltrip takes a peek down to the inside from third position trying to move up a notch back in one. Waltrip is low. Petty followed him for a moment. Kale faints down to the low side trying to hold Waltrip at bay. It's not going to work as Daryl stays glued to the bottom of the racetrack. Got just a bit squirrely on the low side of turn two. Now coming out hard, Yarborough has the high lane and the advantage. He'll try to box Waltrip in on a lap car towards the end of the backstretch. Of course, Waltrip here is showing some muscle because cars who have been in his position earlier have lost two and three positions. Right now, Waltrip being drop kicked back because of some race traffic as your leaders work through turn number three. Richard Petty goes to the high side. He draws alongside Daryl Waltrip. Dale Earnhardt trying to 
to work with a free ride to take fourth spot. Baker still the leader. As they race door to door back in the field, it allows Buddy Baker to have the biggest separation anyone's enjoyed. A five car length as they head back into turn one. Richard Petty goes after the lead, but so do three other drivers as they head up into turn three. Three wide down the back straightaway. Cale Yarborough has first place. It's going to be side by side for second. Buddy Baker on the high side. Richard Petty on the low side. It's going to be a tight triangle out of the number three and four corner. Richard Petty staying glued down low. He's running strong and draws alongside Yarborough. As they come back to the line, Kale is out front. Riding second is Baker. Third is Donnie Allison. And Richard Petty will fall back through the field. And Mike Joy so many times here early in the race, if a driver pulls out of that drafting line and another car does not go with him, he can go from about third position all the way back to seventh. It's most critical, Barney, on the backstretch. Coming out of turn two, if you get in the wrong lane, you're going to drop three or four positions the way they're running right now. They are too wide, and that's happening to Richard Petty. He's on the low side. Donnie Allison and Dale Earnhardt both move by him and drop kick Petty to fifth. The running order right here. Buddy Baker in first. Cale Yarborough going second. Donnie Allison third. In turn number four now, it's going to be Dale Earnhardt running fourth. Running fifth, Richard Petty. Sixth is Darrell Waltrip. Seventh now is Milliken. Eighth is Benny Parsons. Ninth is Neil Bonnet. Tenth belongs to Lenny Pond. In eleventh spot is Dave Marcus. Terry Labonte is twelfth and trailing. Seven car lengths off that lead draft is Bobby Allison in the Warner Hodgson Thunderbird. Field sweeps back into the number one corner. Dale Earnhardt continues to show strong here as he moves to the outside of Richard Petty. He was fourth for a moment, but Petty's Monte Carlo moves back underneath at turn two. Petty with the power off that corner is out of the draft, but they're about 20 car lengths behind the front trio, so Earnhardt will not have the drafting advantage into turn three. Earnhardt works to the high side of Richard Petty, trying to steal spot number four. Earnhardt sweeping down low. That's where the groove takes him. He has fourth running spot. Meanwhile, the tight single file order at the front of the pack. Buddy Baker joined now by Cale Yarbrough and Donnie Allison. Allison looks to the downside of Cale Yarbrough. They're still running two abreast back through the field, and Richard Petty and Neil Bonnet are having their problems each time they pull out to pass, unless you have another car to draft with you, to lose a, quite a few positions. Bonnet has fallen all the way back to about the 10th spot. Leaders are back in one. Battle for second with Donnie Allison underneath the Bush Oldsmobile of Cale Yarborough at turn two. They're coming up on lap traffic. Similarly, they're too wide for the fourth spot. Petty has moved past Dale Earnhardt. Coming up is decision time as Allison and Yarborough go at it for second. And they move up on some race traffic as they sweep by the John Kennedy automobile, making it three wide up the number three corner. Now as they peel by Kennedy, it's Donnie Allison on the low side. Here comes Cale Yarborough. He stands on the button. He pulls himself back alongside Allison. But Allison, who has the short way around. He has second place coming off the fourth turn. Well, as they run door to door, again, that allows Buddy Baker to open up about a seven-car separation. He is out front. Donnie moves to second. Cale is third. Richard Petty is fourth. And Earnhardt is fifth. And Ned Jarrett has been dispatched to the Purolator Mercury team to find out just what the problem may be on Neil Bonnet's machine as they work turn one. Leaders running single file now as race traffic gets a bit heavy. Buddy Baker has the most comfortable advantage of the afternoon, about five car lengths, but now the draft begins to come into play. Donnie Allison winds it up for the slingshot down into turn three. Bill Seifert in the 0-9, one of the CRC Chemicals cars. He limps through turn number four and heads back to pit road. Your leaders work the low side of turn number three. Buddy Baker, a half car length down is Donnie Allison, a car length back to Yarborough in third. On the high side, a half car length back is Richard Petty, who makes a decisive move. 
Petty dives down to the inside. No place to go. Tucks his nose back in and settles for fourth spot. We are 48 laps into the Gabriel 400. 200 laps here this afternoon. Battle for the lead back in one. Donnie Allison goes to the low side on Baker, and he has the lead at turn one. Cale Yarborough snuck a peek to the bottom but could not take advantage. He looks high, and Richard Petty points his nose down low in turn two. That's the battle for third position as Petty coming down the backstretch out of the draft trying to use his power to take third. He may not get it to turn three. Cale Yarbrough expresses the muscle and he takes that third spot. And now Richard Petty falling out of the draft and caught with some race traffic is being passed by Dale Earnhardt as well. But Petty who stays right down low, he looks to make it a battle with Yarbrough again. Petty is not going to give up as your leaders exit the turn with Donnie Allison showing the way. They come squeezing out of that fourth corner and back to the stripe. Donnie Allison in front. Buddy Baker second. Cale Yarbrough third. Richard Petty fourth. Back in fifth is Earnhardt six right now is Waltrip. They stay single file into turn number one as race traffic comes up once again. And it's surprising to see Petty run this hard this early in the race. But the front trio trying to stay together. If one driver gets away, it could be the end of the afternoon. Donnie Allison, two car lengths ahead of Baker in the backstretch. Kale is third and Petty is fourth. Running fifth is Earnhardt. Going sixth is Darrell Waltrip. Milliken runs seventh. Running eighth is Neil Bonnet. Ninth is a Dave Marcus car. Running tenth, Benny Parsons. Eleventh is Terry Labonte. And running twelfth is Lenny Pond. Your leaders work the side of turn three and slowed up towards the high side of number four. Donnie Allison still in front, a half car length over Buddy Baker. I'm standing in the pits with Leonard Wood. Leonard Neal's not running quite as strong as he was earlier. Is he having any kind of problem? No, he's not having any problem. He's just laying back there a little bit right now. That was handling pretty good. Okay, that's a report from Leonard Wood just laying back a little bit, but running in that pack is really not laying back that much. Seems to me I've heard that tune before from the Purolator Mercury people when David Pearson was at the controls of their machine, and thus far, that's been the storyline for the Purolator efforts this afternoon, as your leader continues to be Buddy Baker of Charlotte, North Carolina, Hueytown, Alabama, and... Donnie Allison is running in second. Richard Petty of Randleman, North Carolina, runs third. And in fourth is Kannapolis, North Carolina runner, the rookie Dale Earnhardt in front of Eli Gold. As they exit turn number four, running fifth continues to be... Kale Yarbrough, sixth is Waltrip, running seventh, Joe Milligan. Eighth is Neil Bonnet, ninth is Marcus, tenth is Parsons. Here at Michigan International Speedway, the ink on the leadership board doesn't even get a chance to dry before the change is made. Richard Petty is now your leader. Donnie Allison runs second. Buddy Baker tries to hold on tenaciously to third. Challenging on the outside is Dale Earnhardt. They come to the stripe with the STP Chevrolet in front. The Hawaiian Tropic Monte Carlo runs second. But the Monte Carlo of Buddy Baker goes downstairs and turn one for second spot. Baker goes to the bottom, and that's one of, been one of the two prime passing points this afternoon. He gets second spot from Donnie Allison but cannot move on. Richard Petty for the lead. Out of turn two, it is Petty, Baker, Donnie Allison with Dale Earnhardt in fourth. Cale Yarborough making a run at fourth position. Neil Bonnet has moved the Mercury up to sixth spot ahead of Darrell Waltrip and Joe Milliken. Richard Petty has got a battle for the lead in turn one. Petty has the lead. Baker wants it, and it's three wide for fourth spot. Earnhardt pitches off uh, Neil Bonnet on the bottom of the racetrack. Farther into turn two, it is Richard Petty on the outside of Buddy Baker. Petty sweeps around to the outside and takes the lead. Baker is second. Four car lengths back. Donnie Allison is third. And the battle gets even hotter for fourth spot. As the fourth place battle shapes up, Dale Earnhardt closing behind him is Darrell Waltrip. Cale Yarbrough, he's on the low side of Dale Earnhardt. Through turn number three, it's going to be Cale going for fourth place. He has a nose ahead of Dale Earnhardt. It's going to be Yarbrough trying to float up high off the number four corner, but Earnhardt stays right with him. 
for the major combatants between the Daytona 500. Punch it out here in the Gabriel 400 with Petty in front. Donnie Allison sneaks into second. Third spot belongs to Baker. And for Richard Petty, this is the promise he needs as he heads for the Firecracker 400 on July 4th, hoping to make it back-to-back -back wins. We feel like it going back in, in uh, July, we know a little bit more about the track. Everybody does, naturally, from that standpoint. But uh, we feel like we know, we know more about our car. And, uh, you know, from that standpoint, I think it's going to help us. But uh, it's really hard to say. If we go down there and, and you know, it happens to be our day and stuff, then uh, we can put them back to back. But uh, it's going it's to be tough because uh, the way Daytona is, it's uh, it can, you know, jump up and bite you any time, no matter how good you run, and uh, then it can be good to you. So uh, if it's good to us, then we'll do good, and if it's bad to us, we won't do so good. Richard Petty looking awfully strong in the Gabriel 400 in the early going this afternoon as he leads. Going back down into turn number one, we are 50 eight laps into the race. The fight there is for fourth spot with Kale Yarborough just moving ahead of Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt rides fifth with Darrell Waltrip just moving into the sixth spot ahead of Joe Milliken. Leader, single file of the backstretch. Petty continues to run up front. Richard Petty right now seeing no challenges. Donnie Allison tucks behind him. Buddy Baker behind him. Again, running it further back. It's going to be Dale Earnhardt each time down the back straightaway. Sets his sight on Yarborough, but each one takes the higher groove. Earnhardt's been going high. Now he tries to tuck down low. Earnhardt trying to low side on Kale Yarbrough, but has to sweep back right behind and settle for fifth place. Darrell Waltrip runs in the sixth position. Seventh spot now belongs to Joe Milliken. Eighth is Dave Marcus. Ninth to the Purolator Mercury of Neil Bonnet. Tenth to Bobby, to Benny Parsons. In eleventh spot is Lenny Pond. Twelfth to Terry Labonte. Thirteenth goes to Bobby Allison. In fourteenth position is Dick Brooks. Fifteenth belongs to Bill Elliott. Ty Scott is sixteenth. Seventeenth is now being posted as Paul Fess. In eighteenth spot is the number nineteen machine, and that's being driven by Bob Birchman of Rossville, Georgia. In 19th spot is Harry Gant. In 20th position is Bill Green. 21st on the grid is car number 42. That's Marty Robbins. In 22nd position is Buddy Arrington. 23rd and one lap down now is Ricky Rudd. And 24th on the field is rookie Ronnie Thomas. Here they come, back to the line, and Richard Petty now has a six-car length advantage over Donnie Allison, who is second, Buddy Baker is third, and those front three have broken the draft on the fourth-place car, Mike Joy, as they head back in your locality. About 12 car lengths back to fourth-place, Gale Yarbrough, and Yarbrough has really had his hands full with rookie Dale Earnhardt. The two of them had quite a battle yesterday in the International Race of Champions qualifier, and it's continued over into this afternoon. Yarbrough right now holds the fourth position, a scant car length ahead of rookie Dale Earnhardt. And, of course, Earnhardt here in turns three and four has tried every single inch of the racetrack. He's tried to go high. Yarborough's gone with him. He's tried to go low, and Kale Stone can run there as well. Meanwhile, back in the front of the pack, it's a car length between first and second. Petty back to Donnie Allison, and another car length back between Donnie Allison and Buddy Baker exiting the number four corner, where it's going to be two abreast. The boiler has gone up on the Hawaiian Tropic Chevrolet. He blasts into the front and glued to the rear deck lid of that maroon machine as Buddy Baker as he appropriates second position. Baker stayed glued right to Allison. It was the right move into turn number one. He drafted right on by Richard Petty and drops Petty back to third. Kale Yarbrough picks up a car link as now Petty looks back to the bottom of the racetrack at turn two. Buddy Baker covers his ground. They continue to run one, two, three. It's now Donnie Allison, Baker, and Petty. Now closing on the fourth place, Kale Yarbrough again as Dale Earnhardt. He pulls into a half car length. He looks to the inside, then tucks himself right back in behind Kale. Kale dives that car low on the racetrack, trying to hold on to fourth place. Meanwhile, Richard Petty going way low on the racetrack. He looks to draw alongside second place Buddy Baker, but can't make it work as they head back to the line. Field comes back across the stripe. It's still Allison out front, Baker riding second, and Richard Petty is third. 
Ned Jarrett, it's a little unusual to see Richard Petty run as hard as he has run here this afternoon, but I think he's changed his driving tactics a little bit. You remember him running back in the early days, I know, as well as I do, and Petty seems to be running much harder now than he ever has in his career. Well, Barney, I don't think it's necessarily by choice. The way the drivers are running these days, you've got to run hard to keep up or you'll find yourself a lap down if you're not too careful. The durability of these cars has increased so much over the years, and they're running them so hard. There's so many potential winners in every field that you just got to run hard every lap. Well, here they come, back in turn number four to Eli Gold. It's still going to be the pack, showing Donnie Allison in front, Buddy Baker second, Richard Petty third, Dale Earnhardt now in fourth, Garborough fifth, Waltrip is sixth. Across the stripe, and drafting has been the key here at Michigan this afternoon. It's worked well to get you into the lead, and we talked to Donnie Allison about that. What do you look for when you seek a car to draft with? I think everybody looks for somebody that'll complement their car, and vice versa. And what I mean by that, sometimes two cars... Uh, won't be any faster than the rest of the cars, but they can hook up together in the way the driver's going and the way the, the cars are going and be able to get away. Battle for the lead in turn three. Going to the inside is Buddy Baker, and he snaps off the front position, dropping Donnie Allison back to second. Now Allison has his hands full in turn four with the STP Chevrolet on the high side. Richard does take the high groove. He draws alongside Donnie Allison. Buddy Baker shows the way, and Richard tries to hook on for the free ride. As they come back across the stripe again, it will be Baker out front, Petty riding second, Donnie Allison is third, and coming up and coming strong now, rookie Dale Earnhardt has moved to fourth. Mike Joy. Earnhardt has moved past Cale Yarbrough and sits firmly in that fourth position. He's a bit high in the groove in turn number one, a half a car width higher than Donnie Allison. He brings it down low in turn two and lines up in that fourth spot for a six-car single file run down the back stretch. Trouble on the backstretch. A blown engine on Marty Robbins' car. Let's go to Eli Gold. He hits tail first into the outside retaining wall at turn three. He spins around. He is now coasting off the banking and on to safety's ways on the apron. But Marty Robbins, who begins the spin, entering turn number three, rode it up to the apex of the turn, hit rear end first, and then spun back down out of race traffic. A tough break for the country in Western Giant. He will bring out the second caution of the afternoon, and none too soon, Ned Jarrett. No, uh, Jackie, they were scheduled for regular pit stops in the next five to ten laps. And as I look down pit road, a bit of jubilation here, but not that they want to see other drivers have problems, but they do like to see that caution come out and make those pit stops at a slower pace than would be if they had to make them under green. So your leader is Buddy Baker. Richard Petty runs second. Dale Earnhardt being posted in third spot. Darrell Waltrip is fourth, and Gail Yarbrough is fifth. But these positions will shuffle under caution as we can assume that all of the leaders will present their cards on pit road. A tough break for Marty Robbins, the Nashville Tennessean. Next race for Marty will be the Firecracker 400. And you can you believe it, Barney Hall? He is the first entry for the Firecracker 400. We asked him about that. I, did, I, I don't know. I wish I could qualify that way, but that's not the way. I was thinking, well, now, if I enter first, possibly, they'll just go ahead and take them and draw them by numbers, and I'll be on the pole. I doubt that. The Firecracker 400 going to post at 10 a.m. in the morning on July 4th. You can be on the beach by 2 after seeing 400 miles of the wildest and wooliest racing ever at the birthplace of speed, Daytona Beach, Florida. And if you think the Michigan International Speedway is conducive to speed, when you talk about 195 miles per hour in the Daytona 500, grandma, put your teeth in your pocketbook. It's going to be a wild one come, memori- come Independence Day. There were 30 cars riding that lead draft at Daytona, but pit stops right now. Here comes about half the field onto pit road. Let's go down to Ned Jarrett. 
And as they take advantage of this caution period to come in and check those cars out, make any adjustments that they might want. However, those cars all look very evenly out there. They're going to all four on the Buddy Maker and the Kale Yarborough. Darrell Waltrip is in the pits. Bobby Allison coming in. And this is somewhat of a break for Allison because he'd lost the draft of that uh, front-running group. But more and the crew go to work on it, changing the right side. And they're also making a chassis adjustment on that car, too, shifting some weight around. So this was a welcome caution for him. Now maybe he'll get back in the running of the thing. So everybody is on pit road, about half the field, pitting under this caution flag. Second one of the day being brought out by Marty Robbins, who appeared to unhinge an engine over in turn number three. And he did contact the wall. Let's go back to Eli Gold very quickly for an update on that. We should say, of course, Marty Robbins is all right. The hood is up on that bright green and purple colored automobile. They try and check out the problems. There is some fluid on the racetrack, so we'll have some speedy dry applied, and we should be back to racing shortly. We've touched upon the upcoming race at Daytona International Speedway. Let's give you a rundown of first the Winston Cup Grand National events and where MRN will be for the next couple of weeks. The birthplace of speed, the Daytona 500, the Firecracker 400 is the next race for the Winston Cup Grand Nationals, but we'll be on the air next weekend from Pocono International Raceway for the second jewel of the Triple Crown for Indianapolis Championship Cars in the United States Auto Club. It'll be the Music 500 from Pocono International Raceway. MRN Broadcasting Company will bring you all that exciting action. Then we will be on hand for the nation's wildest Independence Day celebration in Daytona Beach, Florida. That's the Firecracker 400 on July 4th. On July 14th, the Winston Cup Grand National Machines will be in Nashville, Tennessee for the Nashville 420. That's a Saturday night event. And then Sunday afternoon, we will be back on the air here for the Norton Twin Championship Car events for the Championship Auto Racing Team entries. That is Sunday, July 15th. MRN and Winston Cup team up once again on July 29th for the Coca-Cola 500 from Pocono International Raceway. On August 5th, we're off to the world's fastest track with the Winston Cup Brigade. That'll be the Talladega 500, 11 years old, looking for its 11th different winner. The champion spark plug 400 goes to post on August 19th, right back here at Michigan International Speedway, and we will be on the air with that coverage as well. Well, we are under the second caution flag. 69 laps have now been completed this afternoon here in the Gabriel 400 at Michigan International Speedway on one of the nation's prettiest racetracks and one of the most exciting racetracks that we visit. Let's go back to Ned Jarrett and see if anyone's had problems under this caution. They've all, most of the top runners, Barney, have changed four tires again as they did under the first caution period. You know, this has been somewhat of a break for the fans because they've had very little time to use those seats that they purchased up there this afternoon because they've been on their feet with the action that's been out on the racetrack. So now they get to see the pit action in a little bit uh, slower vein than they do when they're running under the green flag. But this will give them a shot now to go another 90 to 100 miles at, at uh, full bore racing once the green flag comes back out. Ned, we've talked so much about the front runners, the first six to eight positions, but a call should go down from the tower here to the fine performance thus far of Dave Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin. Marcus has picked up the sponsorship of Hudson Chevrolet, and this is his first efforts in Charlotte, North Carolina in the World 600, and he is being posted at the present time in 10th position. That's a strong run for that Wisconsin runner who's had so many problems thus far this year. It is a very strong run, and he's running one of the Caprice Chevrolets, which has not been fully proven yet on the NASCAR Winston Cup circuit, but I believe that it's, uh, we can truthfully say that Marcus has fared better with that body style than any of the others. And we've seen Walter try, we've seen bon Benny Parsons try them, and uh, several others. Buddy Baker has made a run or two with one of the Caprice Chevrolets, and incidentally, Buddy is back in the pits right now for a final check on that Chevrolet, just topping the gas tank off and cleaning the windshield. But Marcus has done a magnificent job with that car, and it's good to see him now with that Hudson Chevrolet sponsorship, and uh, maybe we'll see him at all the events and running strong in them. 
70 laps are now on the board here at Michigan International Speedway and the Gabriel 400 will be going back to green very shortly as the cleanup crews are now putting stay dry down in the turn three area where Marty Robbins apparently lost an engine a moment ago. The car spun backwards, tagged the wall, skidded into it backwards and the report from Eli Gold, he is out of the car and apparently all right. So he's had his problems here this afternoon. Under this caution, we are now posting Richard Petty as your leader, Daryl Waltrip running second, Cale Yarbrough is third, in fourth position is Neil Bonnet, in fifth spot is Benny Parsons, a good call for Parsons as well in the MC Anderson Racing Team Griffith Marine Zoom Incorporated car. Running in sixth position is Donnie Allison. In seventh is Bobby Allison. In eighth spot is Joe Milliken. Ninth to Dale Earnhardt. Lenny Pond now being posted in tenth. Frank Warren being posted in eleventh spot. Terry Labonte is twelfth. In thirteenth position is David Susby. In fourteenth spot is James Hilton. Fifteenth to the Bear Finder entry for Dick Brooks. And in sixteenth is Bill Elliott in the Gabriel 400. David Sosby and Ned Jerry can fill us in a little bit about this fine runner. He's a fellow that's hoping to make his way in Grand National Racing. His father was uh, Gober Sosby, who raced many of the older fans will remember him uh, back in the late 40s and, and through the 1950s. He did run in some Grand National competition. He ran in a lot of modified races and was very tough uh, competition, as I remember him running with the Flocks and Buddy Schumann and some of the guys that were running in those days. And Gober now is trying to help David get into Winston Cup racing, and everybody has their hopes high that he can become a superstar in this sport sometime in the future. However, he's still very new to it. And stepping into the booth is Bill Steele, who's the vice president of sales for the Gabriel Shock Absorber Company. Lives in Nashville, Tennessee. A lot of good racing down there, where Gabriel's national sales offices are located. Mr. Steele, you've got to be impressed with the run thus far in the Gabriel 400. Second year that you people have sponsored this fine event, and thus far it has been a barn burner for Winston Cup Grand National Cars. Well, it has been at that. It's just been a great race. Of course, I was sorry to see my Nashville friend Marty Robbins put it in the wall up there in three, but... We sure enjoy our sponsorship for this race. This is a magnificent uh, physical plant here, and uh, I've watched the first 50 or 60 laps down in the grandstand, and the fans here are just tremendous. We enjoy it very much. What's the emotional feeling sitting down in the grandstands, let's say? We always have to sit up here in the tower and call the race, but when you get a chance to mingle with the fans, what is it really like as a race fan to sit down here and watch this action and be able to feel it? I think it's just absolutely a tingle goes through everybody. They're on their feet. They're cheering for their favorite. They give all the support and enthusiasm. They cheer for the crews and the drivers, and they're just an exciting, enthused group. This is just one installment of an overall plan that Gabriel Shock Absorbers and the Marymount Corporation have to be involved in motorsports throughout the United States of America. Can you fill us in on some of the other events that you people sponsor and get involved in? Well, in the, in the NASCAR circuit, we are involved with uh, two of the teams, the team of uh, Richard Petty and Junior Johnson and Cale Yarborough. Uh, we are also in the USAC cart racing effort and give support to that function. We are very active in uh, National Hot Rod Association racing. And uh, we think racing to be a very viable part of our overall marketing program. Well, Bill Steele, the vice president of sales for Gabriel Shock Absorbers, you might want to take your seat again because we're back to green flag racing. And on the break, it is Richard Petty darting and diving into turn one, your leader, with Gabriel's aboard that STP Chevrolet. It's a two-car breakaway with Daryl Waltrip hot on the heels of the STP Chevrolet, Cale Yarborough. 
runs in the third position. Neil Bonnet is fourth, dispensing with race traffic. The battle for fifth. Donnie Allison on the low side of Benny Parsons as they swing around some lap cars and down the back straightaway. Your leader is Richard Petty. He right now shows four car lanes ahead of Darrell Walchip, and Walchip as he flexed those muscles so well down the back straightaway, does it again and draws to a car lane to a disadvantage. Running third on the low side of Darrell Walchip is Kale Yarbrough. Here comes Neil Bonnet. He tightens it in and now runs fourth. Front three, head back to the line. Petty out front, riding second now as Waltrip third is Cale Yarborough and picking up the draft and catching out of the tail end in fourth spot as Neil Bonnet, their single file back in turn one. Bonnet looks very strong coming off this last round of pit stops and looks to the inside, faints a move on Yarborough and slips back up in the groove. Donnie Allison in fifth. Dale Earnhardt has moved up to the sixth position past Benny Parsons as Bobby Allison runs his Thunderbird low on the racetrack for seventh spot against Parsons. Front five, single file, midway down the back stretch. Running eighth is Lenny Pond now. Joe Mellick in ninth. Labonte is tenth. Buddy Baker now trying to make a move as well in eleventh. Right back at the top of the pack. It's going to be Richard Petty leading him through turns three and four. Running second now. It's a challenge. Yarborough on the low side. Darrell Walchup on the high side. Neil Bonnet thinks about making it three wide and he does. Indeed they do for second position. Bonnet down low. A sandwich. A bush sandwich with Yarborough losing ground. Waltrip scurries to the high side and challenges Bonnet for second spot. Waltrip trailed by Donnie Allison in tight drafting formation, leave Bonnet on the bottom of the racetrack, out of the draft. Richard Petty takes advantage of a three-car length lead out of turn number two with Waltrip in second, Donnie Allison third. It's Bonnet in the wrong lane this time. He doesn't have the draft, and Dale Earnhardt comes up on the outside to challenge for fourth. But Neil Bonnet works himself right back in and holds the position. Good, strong piece of driving. It's going to be Richard Petty, followed by Darrell Waltrip, Donnie Allison. Here comes Neil Bonnet down low again on the racetrack. He's alongside Earnhardt, who takes the high side, but it's it's going to be single file exiting the turn with Bonnet in fourth and Earnhardt in fifth. Neil Bonnet gets in... a chance. Go ahead, Ned. Marty, I'm standing in the pit area with Marty Robbins who brought out that last caution. Marty, what happened when you went into turn three? Just I went into turn, the rock broke. So he sent you spinning around? Yeah, but luckily, you know, I was the only one there. There's no traffic anywhere, so it's fun and out some old tricks again. It got just a little bit of the wall, but not enough to really tear it up bad. Marty, Marty, when you say your old tricks, you've jokingly said that you're the wall tester for NASCAR. Did you think about that when you were going around? Yeah, I really thought I was going to miss it, but there was a little little smoke and stuff, and I couldn't really see where I was. So uh, uh, I doubt if I might have turned the wheels if I could have seen, you know, and missed it, but I couldn't see just where anything was. Well, we'll see you in Daytona. I'll, I'll be there. Uh, we're going to try to get the car ready. If not, I'll see another race this year somewhere. Okay, now back to that fantastic racing. That battle is back in turn one. Donnie Allison leads the field through turn one. There's been a wholesale shakeup of the front eight spots. That's trouble. One car trailing a lot of smoke down into turn one, but he's well behind the leaders. Up front, it is Dale Earnhardt running second with Neil Bonnet alongside. Then Darrell Waltrip, Kale Yarbrough, Richard Petty. They're all bunched together for second spot. And it's going to be Dale Earnhardt finding himself outside the draft, so he has to drop back into third place. It's going to be Neil Bonnet showing the way behind Donnie Allison, who has the lead. So Allison in front, Neil Bonnet about five car lanes back, running second. Yarbrough running third. Fourth is Earnhardt. Fifth is Richard Petty. Running sixth is Parsons. Seventh is Waltrip, eighth is Baker. A moment ago, there were three cars in the lead draft. Now, there are 12 again as they head back into turn number one. Donnie Allison feels the hot breath of Neil Bonnet. He feels a pass from Neil Bonnet as Bonnet goes to the bottom and goes by for the lead, taking Cale Yarborough with him. 
spotted in the Mercury. Yarbrough's Oldsmobile is second. The Monte Carlo of Donnie Allison rides third. Earnhardt is fourth. Petty is fifth. Benny Parsons is sixth. Moving out down the back straight away, they are all single file. There are 12 cars hooked up in that lead draft. Bill Green out of Covington, Kentucky, having those problems. He coasts through turn number four. Now he's low and out of harm's way. Your leaders work now turn three. It's going to be Neil Bonnet right now with a two-car length edge over Kale Yarbrough. Everybody is tight. Earnhardt goes to the low side. Richard Petty goes to the high side. And Earnhardt trying to work himself back in and does, finding third. Heading back to the stripe. Too deep for the lead. It's Cale Yarbrough down to the inside groove trying to take the lead away from Neil Bonnet. Yarbrough has not run too hard on the inside thus far. He takes it way down low. Neil Bonnet tries to pin him down to the bottom of the racetrack, but Yarbrough has enough racing room to carve out a lead. Bonnet is second with Richard Petty in third. Now it's Earnhardt caught on the high side of the racetrack, but he moves back by Petty, and Earnhardt retakes the third position. Earnhardt showing an awful lot of poise, Barney Hall, as he goes to the inside of Neil Bonnet for second spot. Indeed, Dale Earnhardt right now takes the low side of the racetrack. He's door handle a door handle with Neil Bonnet. He shoves the nose of the Austin car into second place. So as they work their way off the number four corner, it's still going to be the bush car of Yarborough in front. Earnhardt, the hard charger in second. Dale Earnhardt has picked his way to the number two spot as he goes after the lead on Cale Yarborough. But for the moment, all he can do is ride the draft back into turn one. Petty is third. And they are three wide for the sixth spot with Daryl Waltrip taking six. Buddy Baker went way downstairs with Benny Parsons sandwiched in the middle. Parsons has been drop kicked back to eighth spot and Baker moves up in the groove to take seventh away from Waltrip. Donnie Allison goes to the low side for fourth against Neil Bonnet as Baker will try to follow him up through the field. Not the way to treat a neighbor as Donnie Allison goes by Neil Bonnet giving the free ride to Buddy Baker. But Bonnet won't settle for that. He tries to step on the button but can't quite muster the horses as Buddy Baker does hold down fifth position. That the front of the pack now. Dale Earnhardt shows the lead. He's got nose to tail with Yarbrough who's running second as they head for the line. Earnhardt put a good maneuver on heading up into turn number three. He had the lead but Kale will not give it up. Yarborough, by just about a foot at the start-finish line, leads him back into turn number one. Buddy Baker, by the skin of his teeth, had the lead for a moment. Now they're three deep, heading into three, trying to get the lead away from Richard Petty. Petty on the point. Buddy Baker running second down low, floats in behind Petty. Yarborough running third. It's double file for fourth between Donnie Allison and Dale Earnhardt. Richard Petty still trying to hold off that hard challenge of Baker. He goes double file to the line. You just can't believe it. There are 12 cars in the lead draft. They are inches apart. Dead heat at the stripe between Buddy Baker and Richard Petty for the lead. Two cars wide, four rows back. That's the way they hit turn number one with Baker on the low side in front. Petty is right alongside. Donnie Allison is third. Earnhardt is fourth. Bonnet is fifth. Baker is sixth. Uh, Baker is in the lead coming out of turn number two. Donnie Allison on the low side trying to climb back up into the draft. But Petty right on the bumper of Baker holds second. And Donnie Allison slides back in the field. Right. Going by right now is Kale Yarbrough. Dale Earnhardt trying to take the right also as Donnie Allison found himself outside the trap. It's Baker in front. Richard Petty second. Yarbrough third. Donnie Allison fourth. Dale Earnhardt is fifth. Then side by side, we've got Dave Barkers running with Neil Bonnet as they head back to the straight. Earnhardt in fast company. He has not led a lap of today's race, but he is trying as he digs away in third spot. Heading back into turn number one. Baker out front. Baker runs a very low groove, hoping to shake the draft of the cars behind him. He has a three-car length lead on Richard Petty as Cale Yarbrough comes scrambling up on the low side of the racetrack onto Petty's bumper. 
Earnhardt in fourth, Donnie Allison fifth, then Dave Marcus lapped down, Neil Bonnet running in the sixth position. That's the way they run single filed on the 2,500-foot backstretch. This time, everything does settle down, stabilizing at least for this one time through as your leaders work it. Single file up the number three turn. It's Buddy Baker, still a car length and a half to two car lengths over Richard Petty. Running third is K.L. Yarbrough. Earnhardt is fourth. Donnie Allison is fifth. Low on the racetrack, trying to make a move. Neil Bonnet followed by Labonte. Labonte is making a super run here this afternoon. He's been hanging in there in the top ten all day. Currently rides at about seventh position. But the scramble up front beginning to heat up again. Buddy Baker, Richard Petty goes after him in one. And a three-car battle for third spot. Dale Earnhardt on the inside as Donnie Allison and Cale Yarbrough work for third position. Earnhardt squeezes past James Hilton, lapping Hilton, and manages to hold on to third spot. Neil Bonnet sneaks a peek underneath Dave Marcus in the backstretch, but has to slip back in the draft in seven. And uh, now Earnhardt, he looks straight ahead and sees Richard Petty. He wants to set sights on him, but instead it's going to be Earnhardt having to look in the rear view as Cale Yarbrough and the rest of the pack set sight on Earnhardt is running in third. Your two lead automobiles, Buddy Baker and Richard Petty, right now an eight-car length lead over third place Dale Earnhardt. Field comes back to the stripe. Baker hanging out front. He has really tried to lead all afternoon, but once you get up there, two and three cars have just dropped down underneath, rode the draft around. But this time, Baker and Petty began to pull away a little bit, Mike Joy. Eight car lengths at turn one. The advantage is Cale Yarbrough and Dale Earnhardt continue their private battle for third spot. They have two car lengths on Donnie Allison riding fifth. Then Dave Marcus and Neil Bonnet with Terry Labonte in that lead draft. As your leaders work down the back straightaway again this time, nobody making the move. One and two continue to try and put some differential between themselves and the rest of the pack. The lead now up to about ten car lengths over third place, Cale Yarbrough. Dale Earnhardt hooking on behind Yarbrough. Then comes Donnie Allison. Low on the racetrack, Neil Bonnet at least lower so than Dave Marcus. Now it's again single file. The biggest breathing room anybody's had are these two front cars now. Buddy Baker, Richard Petty, about eight, nine car lengths back to Cale Yarbrough in third position. Baker out front. It's been an up-and-down season for Buddy Baker. He's won only once this year, the Atlanta 500. He's never won at Michigan International Speedway. He has two second-place finishes here at Michigan. And as he told us earlier, there had been some problems among the team this year, and that's bothered him quite a bit. He's finished in the top ten eight times in 14 starts, but he's looking for his first win at Michigan today. Baker leads Petty up into turn three. And this time, Richard Petty looked to the inside, possibly just breathing the automobile as he tucks it right back in behind Buddy Baker. Running third now, it's still Cale Yarbrough. Nose to tail with Dale Earnhardt, and then a car lane back to Donnie Allison, who runs fifth. Your leaders work off the four-corner. Baker in charge. Still nine cars in the lead draft. Baker by just one car length over Petty. Cale is third. Riding fourth is Earnhardt. Fifth is Donnie Allison. Sixth is Neil Bonnet. They're back in turn one. Dale Earnhardt has contented himself with fourth position as he saw the front two cars breaking away. He and Cale Yarbrough, Yarbrough third with Earnhardt fourth and Donnie Allison fifth are locked in a tight draft and they are catching the leader. The Baker and Petty tandem duo now have but a three-car lake lead on third position. And at this point, you might as well forget as Cale Yarbrough, Earnhardt and Donnie Allison flex the muscles. They close right behind Richard Petty. So all that advantage that had Baker and Petty pulling away is now evaporated as it right now is a tight five-car draft. Buddy Baker running high on the racetrack. Everybody following suit as it's a five-car drag race to the line. Field comes to the stripe with Baker in front, Petty second, Yarbrough third, Earnhardt fourth.
fourth, fifth spot to Donnie Allison, Bonnet in sixth, Marcus in seventh, Labonte in eighth, ninth to Bobby Allison, in tenth is Benny Parsons. Waltrip has dropped back to eleventh. In twelfth position is Lenny Pond. In thirteenth spot is the Bear Finder car for Dick Brooks. In fourteenth position is Bill Elliott. Ty Scott is fifteenth. Sixteenth to Joe Milliken. In seventeenth is Bob Burcham. In eighteenth spot is Paul Fesson, car number eighty-two. In nineteenth position is the Trucksmore Industries car with Ricky Rudd aboard. In 20th spot is Buddy Arrington. In 21st is the Harry Gant machine. Jimmy Means is 22nd. 23rd is Ronnie Thomas. 24th belongs to John Kennedy. 25th to J.D. McDuffie. 26th to D.K. Ulrich. 27th is now being posted as Sandy Satulo. 28th spot to Frank Warren. And 29th is the Palatine Automotive car for James Hilton. Here at Michigan International Speedway, working the 93rd circuit of 200 scheduled, and it continues to be the gentle giant from Charlotte, North Carolina, Buddy Baker, your leader. Richard Petty in the STP Chevrolet runs second. The Bush Beer Oldsmobile sneaks a peek to the inside from his third place post. Well, Buddy Baker has suddenly set sail on the field here at Michigan International Speedway. If you call a healthy lead of about 12 car lengths setting sail, but that's about the biggest breathing room anyone has had this afternoon as he leads Richard Petty here into turn number four. Petty back in second spot. And Baker is beginning to pull away, and that gives you an idea of the kind of power that's in that car because without the use of the draft, he is running away from Richard Petty. They head back into turn one. Yarbrough makes a move on Petty for second. Yarbrough, low side of the racetrack against Richard Petty. Oldsmobile versus Chevrolet. Kale makes it work into turn one and slips up quickly, maybe too quickly, as Petty goes right back to the bottom. Yarbrough got into turn two a bit too hard, and Petty took advantage of the low side to retake second. They continue to shuffle with Donnie Allison coming up from fourth place to challenge in the back shoot. Donnie Ellison trying alongside of Kale Garbro. Door handle to door handle. Up turn number three they go. It's going to be Donnie Allison glued down low on the racetrack. Kale Yarbrough not lifting one inch. It's still going to be side by side with a short way around is for Allison. Let's see as Yarbrough tries to slingshot. No, Allison tucks into third. To keep from losing ground, Yarbrough lets him squeeze in there as they run nose to tail and We've got overhaul Buddy Baker. We've got problems in turn number four. It's the Benny Parsons car as it shows some extensive smoke coming off that number four corner, and it cruised by under limited power at best. He's down in turn one in front of Mike Joy. He slowed down near the bottom of the racetrack, Barney. He's probably running now about 80 miles an hour, but it looks like he still has the car under power and may get back to pit road. Again, it's an old familiar song for the Griffith Marine Zoom car. Benny Parsons of LB North Carolina, former Winston Cup Grand National Champion. The MC Anderson Racing Team have not had a very good season, and it's just another installment, as we would say, in a long litany of problems. And he was running in 10th position, Barney. What a tough break for Parsons this year as they try to put the team together. Leader continues to be Buddy Baker, and right now he is by far the strongest car in the field as he works his way around the track. We talked to Buddy in the garage area yesterday, and I asked him if the season had gone as he expected. Well, money-wise, it's been a good year so far. We're right at uh, counting the Bush race that we won at Daytona and all. We're right at $200,000 for the year, but uh, I would say the various conflicts in the shop have made it a little tough on me. Uh, I'm used to uh, things going a lot smoother than what they've been in the past couple of months, and, and uh, you know, it, it's taxing to you because uh, it's hard enough to concentrate on your job when, you, when you're just thinking about driving a race car, but when you have to worry about uh, personal feelings between people, it, it really uh, tends to, to add a, a second burden in there that you really don't need. And I, would, I hope that the uh, second half of the season will be a lot better off uh, as far as the 
certain people getting along a little better. Baker talking about the rift in some of the personnel in the crew in the wind racing team. Benny Parsons is on pit road, coasting out of turn number four, and it looks like it will be the end of the day for Benny Parsons. Marty, we'll check that situation out. Right now, I'm standing with Buddy Parrott. The Gatorade Chevrolet is not running up front. It's been one of the hottest cars on the circuit this year. Buddy Parrott, is he having any problems? Well, Ned, you know, last, uh, about two weeks ago, was at Michigan, I mean, at uh, Texas, and we hit the setup perfect, and uh, today we've made two, two pit stops, we've made two chassis adjustments, and the last one was just a little bit too much over, went overboard a little bit with it. Car's pushing, but uh, it's running real good, it's running with the leaders right now, and uh, maybe we get back in, make another chassis adjustment, and we'll be okay the rest of the day. That's Buddy Parrott, and as Benny Parsons rolls down pit road, he's pointing to his crew to go under the hood. We're on our way there to see what his problem is. And, Barney, you've got to be impressed, and let's call on it once again. The Shoney's racing team are showing their power. They are running in the top ten to the rear decklet of Dale Earnhardt. Dave Marcus is having a tremendous afternoon with his limited independent entry with the Hudson sponsorship as well as the Shoney sponsorship. He's posted in the top ten all day. Well, Marcus is giving it a whale of a ride right now as he chases Earnhardt. They've been battling door to door for about the last four laps around, but for the moment, he drops back and continues to ride in the draft so they don't lose too much ground to the leader, Buddy Baker. Baker continues to pull Richard Petty by how much, Mike Joy? It's four car lengths here at turn one, Barty. He's running a very strange line down the front straightaway. He brings the car very low, almost down to the track apron in the uh, start-finish line area and then sweeps it back up in turn one, and that's everyone else is keeping their car way out toward the wall on the front straight, And but it seems to be gaining him a little bit of time. Buddy Baker down the back straightaway, Barney, we might be adding. He has been dropping time each, each succession lap as Richard Petty closes to about two car lanes down through the back straightaway, but again, as Baker takes more of a conservative line through turns number three and four, he then begins to show some of the muscle that he's been keeping under the hood. Well, the pace that Baker has been pushing this car here at Michigan this afternoon, I'm sure the tires beginning to heat up and the car beginning to get used up a little bit as we have just passed the halfway mark here at Michigan International Speedway. This track is just so very easy, and if a driver pushes the button just a wee bit too much, he can get in an awful lot of trouble, as Richard Petty tells us. Uh, that's, that's what happens a whole lot. Uh, the track is so big and so smooth and stuff. Uh, you do catch yourself running harder into the corner than what you really, uh, really should. Because the car, you go in and, and the car's handling good, and then all of a sudden the thing's either loose or it's pushing. And uh, you say, well, you know, I shouldn't do this. And the next time you come down there, you say, well, I lost a little time that time. i got to make it up. So you drive in even deeper. And so uh, if you're not careful, it is a kind of racetrack that, that it don't really lull you to sleep. But, but the deal is that you can drive in over your head, and then uh, you have an arm for it. Well, as they come down to complete the 102nd circuit, it's Buddy Baker, your leader. Richard Petty of the STP Racing Team is second. Third to the Hawaiian Tropic Team of Donnie Allison. The Bush Beer Colors being posted in fourth position for Cale Yarbrough, and it seems as if the Purolator Mercury is content to run in fifth spot. Sixth spot to the Shoney's Racing Team with Dave Marcus at the controls. Dale Earnhardt is seventh. Eighth to the Gatorade Machine of Daryl Waltrip. Ninth to the Warner Hodgson Machine of Bobby Allison. In tenth spot is Terry Labonte. Twelfth belongs to Lenny Pond. Third, in eleventh spot is Lenny Pond. Twelfth position is, is Dick Brooks. In thirteenth is the Bill Elliott Machine. Fourteenth to the Russ Togs Buick of Ty Scott. And running in fifteenth is Joe Milliken in the Appliance Wheels Chevrolet. Michigan International Speedway, the Gabriel 400 this afternoon. Right now we're working the 104th lap of the 200 lap event. And leading the race, Buddy Baker continues to pull Richard Petty. Petty back in second spot. Riding third is Donnie Allison. Fourth is Cale Yarbrough. And fifth is Neil Bonnet. There have been two caution flags in the race this afternoon.
and it's been a quick one. The average speed right now, even with two cautions, and one was a lengthy one, is still over 139 we've, miles an hour. We've got smoke pouring out of the rear of the Joe Milliken car. The appliance wheels, number 72, is down low on the racetrack, coming down towards the turn forward pit road, but a tough break for Joe Milliken. Showed so very well on the qualifying run and running well this afternoon. He was running in 15th spot in the car, limps to the assistance of the Dell G. DeWitt crew as he comes down pit road. Problems, an unscheduled pit stop to say the least for rookie Joe Milliken. Milliken looks like he's going to take the car through the wall and call it a day. He has not won a race. He figured he would win one before this point in the circuit this year. He's finished well. In 15 starts, he's finished in the top 10 12 times, but he's taking it to the garage area. From right, Michigan. I'm standing in the garage area with Benny Parsons. We mentioned that he had coasted around the, the track and into the pit. Benny, what went wrong with the Griffin machine Chevrolet? Something happened to the engine, Ned. I'm not really sure what. Uh, come off the corner and just quit. I, I, I really don't know. Has to be pretty disappointing. You've had a good many problems with that car this year. Yeah, well, at least I am. Uh, you know, one thing about it, we did was able to race with the front runners today for a change. And, you know, for the last month, we haven't been able to do that. And I'm sure that myself and the rest of us is going to uh, get a little bit more excited about it now. Hey, that's Benny Parsons. He's out of it here now. We'll check on the Joe Milliken situation shortly. With 106 laps complete in the 200-lap Gabriel 400 this afternoon with Baker in the lead, Petty riding second, Donnie Allison third, and Neil Bonnet fourth. From Michigan International Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Back at Michigan International Speedway, heartbreaking disappointment for one of the rookie contenders. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Joe Milliken has pulled the appliance wheel Chevrolet into the garage area, and he's getting out of it. Joe, what's your problem? Ned, we must have dropped the valve, and then it stuck a hole in something, and we blowed the motor. Are they going to make any attempt to change it? No, the race is so far along, I don't think they're going to try to change it. Well, you mean the leader in the rookie point stand is going into this race, followed very closely by Dale Earnhardt. This has to hurt. Well, it does, and, you know, we was running good. We felt good about today, and then the motor broke, so we'll just have to try it again sometime else. Well, he'll be at Daytona in the Firecracker 400 trying it again. And Baker is running in front. The STP Chevrolet runs second. Third spot continues to be posted to the Hawaiian Chevrolet of Donnie Allison. Neil Bonnet is in fourth position. Dave Marcus has moved into fifth. Sixth spot to Daryl Waltrip. Bobby Allison is set. Check that. Daryl Waltrip is in seventh spot. In sixth spot is Dale Earnhardt. In eighth position is Bobby Allison. In ninth spot is Terry Labonte. Tenth position belongs to Lenny Pond. In eleventh spot is Dick Brooks. And a good call for Brooks coming from way in the back of the pack. He has now moved into 11th position. Bill Elliott is 12th. 13th spot belongs to Ty Scott. Ricky Rudd is 14th. 15th to Bob Burcham. In 16th position is Buddy Arrington. Ronnie Thomas is being posted in 17th. 18th to Jimmy Means. 19th to John Kennedy. And J.D. McDuffie is in 20th spot. Well, it's suddenly becoming quite overcast here at Michigan International Speedway. And we had a report from Eli Gold, our turn reporter up in the number four area, that there was some lightning on the horizon so that it's possible they may have a shower here before the afternoon is over in the Gabriel 400. 110 laps are now complete in the 200-lap event, and pit stops should be coming up sometime in the next 10 or 15 laps. That would be a regular schedule stop for the drivers. With Baker still showing the way, but Richard Petty has chopped his lead down to just one car length as they work turn three. Indeed, Richard Petty right now works a bit of a higher line than his buddy Baker, but Baker really shows some muscle. He's been able to take back some of the distance he loses on the back straightaway in the turns. He steps on the button, now shows a couple of car lengths of the advantage back to the line. Well, they made some adjustments on several of the cars a moment ago, and you heard Buddy Parrott, the crew chief on Darrell Waltrip's car, said they had changed things twice on that, and both times it had gotten...
gotten progressively worse as he continues to fall back in the field. So on the next round of pit stops, you're likely to see quite a few adjustments being made on the cars again, as now just three cars are up in that lead draft. But, Barney, there's quite a battle raging for fourth spot. Dale Earnhardt, the rookie driver, continues to hold off Dave Marcus. They have swapped fourth and fifth three times in the last five laps. They have close company then in Neil Bonnet and Cale Yarbrough. So from fourth on back, it is still quite a battle as the front three continue to stretch that lead. They move up to Eli Gold for that fourth position. Uh, right now in the fourth spot going to the high side is Earnhardt. Going down low is Dave Marcus. Marcus trying to take the short way around. He draws alongside Earnhardt. They nearly touch and it's going to be a drag race to the line. Shoney's Restaurant Special goes downstairs and takes that position away from Dale Earnhardt. But Earnhardt climbs the ladder back up on the high side in one. Earnhardt continues to handle well in that high groove up near the wall. As Marcus's Petsky Chevrolet continues to be stuck in the bottom groove, he pulls out by a car length over Earnhardt as Earnhardt got too high up in the marbles. Fourth spot is the battle, and it is Marcus out of turn two, leading Dale Earnhardt by a car length for four. But Earnhardt's not been known to sit quietly. This time he does. It's nose to tail with Dave Marcus going down the 2,500 feet of backstretch territory. Up the number three turn, they go to the 18-degree banking, and this time they're going to stay single file, but that gives Kale Yarbrough a chance to break away from Neil Bonnet and close in, making it now a three tight car draft. It's getting to be a tight draft on the leader right now. Richard Petty just squeezes right up on the deck lid of Buddy Baker back in one. And those two cars are opened up about an eight car length separation on third place, Donnie Allison. But Petty seemed to bobble a bit in turn one, and Baker climbs back out to a three car length advantage. Earnhardt is way up in the marbles between one and two. A lot of smoke from behind that car caused by the sand and tire debris as Marcus carries him right out to the wall in a deadlock for fourth position. In the back stretch, they are side by side. It's going to be Marcus on the low side. Earnhardt taking the high side and you can't tell the two apart right now as they climb the wall of turn three together. It's going to be Earnhardt staying to the high side and Dave Marcus not giving an inch on the low. It's going to be a problem now for Earnhardt. They come up on the Ty Scott automobile. So Earnhardt has to find himself boxed in behind some race traffic and Marcus takes advantage. Marcus squeezes him right in there to try to gain an advantage as they come across the start finish line. Marcus will move out by one car length and Cale Yarborough drops down to the inside, will drop Earnhardt back another position. Yarborough jumps in the hunt, drafting right with Dave Marcus past the Ty Scott automobile. Neil Bonnet also takes advantage, and Earnhardt, who was running fourth, has been drop-kicked all the way back to seventh. Earnhardt squeezes out past Ty Scott and muscles his way past Neil Bonnet to climb up into sixth. We're going into routine pit stops right now. It's Richard Petty, the second-place car, and Donnie Allison has just pulled on the pit road. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. And Neil Bonnet follows them right in into pure later, Mercury. These are scheduled pit stops. The first ones they've had to make today under the green flag, so the pressure is on now. Those cars, uh, particularly Petty and Allison, have been running out front, depending on how long they stay in the pits, and the others, that, that'll depend on how much of an advantage they'll have once they get back out on the track and racing. Quick stop for Richard Petty as the Petty crew drops the STP Chevrolet, and he moves back onto the speedway in 16.45 seconds for Richard Petty. And these are the first pit stops of the day, as Ned Jarrett just pointed out, that they have had to make under green. It was a long one for Donnie Allison, 21 and 6 tenths seconds, and a fairly short one for Neil Bonnet, the Pure Lady Mercury, 16 and 5 tenths seconds. Bobby Allison and Darrell Waltrip almost slammed together Eli Gold coming off that fourth turn, ducking on the pit road. Indeed, they did. Both had to hit the binders as they came high off the banking and made that rather abrupt left-hand turn down the pit road. Nearly a problem, but they avoided it well. 
117 laps are complete in the 200-lap Gabriel 400 this afternoon. Routine pit stops right now. Buddy Baker still in command here this afternoon, and he has been the man they've been chasing for about the last 45 laps. Allison is away in 16 and 2 tenths seconds. Waltrip down and out of the Die Guard crew servicing in 16 and 6 tenths seconds. Let's go to Ned Jarrett see if they made any adjustment on that car of Waltrip. We, we looked like they did from our vantage point here, Barney. They were expecting to do that. They changed the right side tires, unlike the stops under the caution when they changed all, all four tires. Here's Cale Yarbury in the Bush Oldsmobile. The Buddy Baker crew is waiting for him to come in. Their regular scheduled pit stop. So they go to work on Kale's Bush Oldsmobile here. They brought the Oldsmobile to Michigan. Kale has not had two kinder words for the Oldsmobile this year. He was very disappointed with the car at Charlotte, North Carolina, and they've run their Monte Carlo quite a bit, but they elected to bring it here this afternoon, and he's been running pretty strong in the car. He's never been further back than about the sixth position, I think, all afternoon. Ned a very fast pit stop for Kale Yarborough, 13 and 16 seconds as Dale Earnhardt goes out after making his schedule pit stop. Buddy Baker getting good gas mileage. His crew is out on pit road, or one member, waiting for him to come in and here he comes right now for his scheduled pit stop and now he's going to be detained momentarily by car number 17 who was trying to get out of his pits and Baker lost several seconds now he's in his pits and they go to work but that'll be costly for him and you can see the big man is upset about it but it's just one of those things he didn't know whether to go on the inside of that car or the outside because it was maneuvering along right in the center of pit road right where Baker wanted to make his move to come into his pits they're changing the right side tires making no chassis adjustment need not do that because the car has been working very well for him and after he got stopped, it was 19 and 18 seconds, so this will be costly to Baker. Now remember there. Well, Barney Earnhardt's stop was 17 and 2 tenths seconds, so the fastest pit stop that we recorded during that with the leaders was Cale Yarbrough and the Bush Beer Oldsmobile with 13 and some odd seconds. Now remember they are making these stops under green, so seconds are precious on the pit road. And remember, your leader at the present time is Dave Marcus in the Shoney's Restaurant Special. Marcus, who every race that he's run has gotten extremely good gas mileage with that Chevrolet Caprice. He is one of the only leading cars that is neglected to show on pit road at the present time, so he's getting phenomenal gas mileage in that Shoney's Restaurant Special. Richard Petty is leading the Gabriel 400 with 122 laps now complete on the scoreboard here at Michigan International Speedway and here he comes across the start finish line. He leads Darrell Waltrip by about a second as they cross the stripe and head back into turn number one. Waltrip rides in second, Cale is third, Donnie is fourth and a battle right now for that fifth spot between Buddy Baker and Dale Earnhardt down in turn one. Earnhardt just seems to be in the thick of it when the race is going full bore like it is right now. Baker, bottom of the race Racetrack, Earnhardt moves up in the draft. Baker is out of it, trying to muscle now against Donnie Allison. Earnhardt almost made it three wide for the fourth position, but they are Baker and Donnie Allison fighting it out in the back chute. And now Baker, as he tries to slide off Donnie Allison, who will stay right with him. He goes door handle to door handle, and Baker, despite being out of the draft, is held nicely. He sweeps up and in front of Donnie Allison. So right now, as they resume that tight drafting, it's Petty in front, Waltrip second, Yarborough third, running fourth, Baker fifth, Donnie Allison sixth. I remember a moment ago, Ned Jarrett said that Baker was a little bit upset on pit road when he lost valuable seconds trying to get into his pit. So I imagine he's still fuming a little bit as he heads back into turn one on Richard Petty's bumper. They pair off two by two for the lead. It is Waltrip going downstairs to take the lead from Richard Petty. Waltrip sweeps way high in turn two, and Petty is right there on the bottom of the racetrack again. Lap traffic a factor exiting turn two. They swing by, squeeze to the wall. It's Petty with the lead. Richard Petty, Darrell Waltrip following Buddy Baker making it four wide 
in a moment as they work by D.K. Ulrich. Now past Ulrich, it's three wide. Baker down low on the racetrack. He and Waltrip work by Richard Petty. Petty now being passed by Yarbrough. Yarbrough moves up alongside him at least, so it's Baker in front. Waltrip running second. Petty is out of the draft running third. Buddy Baker has become the incredible Hulk because he comes to the stripe. He leads the Gabriel 400 with Waltrip in second. Gail Yarbrough in third in a contest for fourth between Petty and Earnhardt. Petty was the leader a lap ago at this point. He's been drop kicked back to fifth position. Earnhardt goes further to the outside this time on Cale Yarbrough as they run for third spot. Petty is all alone in the low groove as Donnie Allison comes up to move him back to sixth. The battle is for third. It is Earnhardt and Cale Yarborough. They trade it each time through. This time, Earnhardt flexing the muscle. Yarborough is back to fourth. He now has the Hawaiian Tropic car in the full rearview mirror. But Donnie Allison is content to sit behind right now. He makes no move. He goes low with Yarborough. They both float back high. So your leader, Buddy Baker, puts a few car lanes of daylight between himself and Walship, who's running second. Seven cars in the lead draft here. They come across the stripe. And again, Baker, just by sheer determination a moment ago, came from way back in the field to get back into the lead as they chase him back into turn one. They stay tight in single file. Buddy Baker on the point of this lead draft with Waltrip and Dale Earnhardt now going to the outside at turn two. Earnhardt working on Daryl Waltrip for second spot. Again, they come up into traffic, but the track is plenty wide for three wide running, and that's what they'll do at midpoint in the back stretch. They work by Richard Childress as Earnhardt takes second place away from Richard from uh, Daryl Waltrip. It's going to be Buddy Baker in front, back three car lengths to Earnhardt, two car lengths back to Waltrip, then in tight formation, Cale Yarbrough running in fourth, fifth is Donnie Allison, sixth is Richard Petty. And Jackie, there is a story developing. It could be on the weather here in this race. And for that story, let's go to Ned Jarrett. As you mentioned a little earlier, some clouds are beginning to move in. The wind is picking up a little bit, and some of the crew members here are beginning to sense that it could rain before this race is over. And one of the crew members of Donnie Allison came down a little bit ago and said, hey, could you fellas call the airport and see when that storm is going to move in here? Said, we'd like to be out front when it does. Well, I don't blame him for that. Every one of them would like to have any kind of an advantage that you possibly get. Maybe that's one reason they're running so hard up there, but they've been doing it since the green flag dropped, so I'm not sure that's the total reason. Well, the trump card at the present time belongs to Buddy Baker as he leads by half car length over rookie Dale Earnhardt. Daryl Waltrip content in third spot, then five car lengths back. A battle is enjoined for the fourth position. Petty on the inside. Gail Yabra on the outside. They do the shoot and scoot down the backstretch. They work by race traffic, and Richard Petty has to back off from the Belden Asphalt Chevrolet. So it's going to be Gail Yabra. Now Petty still caught behind the Belden Asphalt car is passed by Donnie Allison. So Richard Petty losing two positions. Your leadership still enjoined here between Buddy Baker and Earnhardt. They battle to the line. Dale Earnhardt ticks, takes the lead away from Buddy Baker out of turn number four by just a half a car length. Baker doesn't want to give it up. Baker works well at the bottom of the racetrack, and he retakes the lead into turn We've one. We've got problems on Terry Labonte. Spins off the racetrack on the back straightaway, sliding all the way down nearly 1,500 feet. He spins on the apron. He is off the track, but it does bring out the caution flag. But it will be a battle back to the line with Buddy Baker in front. They will have to travel through the smoke of the dust kicked up by Labonte. Baker is your leader, Dale Earnhardt. Holding on to second. We'll see who will make it to the stripe in front. Let's go to Eli Gold. At this point, Buddy Baker not seeing a challenge from Dale Earnhardt. Baker splits the turn right between the middle. It's about 8 to 10 car lanes back to Earnhardt running second. Waltrip third. Yarbrough fourth. Dottie Allison fifth. Richard Petty running sixth. 
Could be a costly mistake for Dale Earnhardt or problems on the machine. He does not go across the start-finish line on the racetrack. He elects to bring the car very quickly on a pit road, and he almost overshoots his pits. And Barney, the pace car, is not out on the racetrack yet, so he will not enjoy a slow lap for this for this pit stop. Could be a mistake for the rookie driver. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. It very definitely could be. They go to the right side to change tires on that car. I'm sure that Earnhardt's thinking was, hey, let me dip into the pits and uh, get ahead of the others because he knows that they'll be coming in during this caution period too. He, they have the car down now. They're trying to push him down pit road. Now he gets it away, so he's not going to lose a lap. So it will not be too costly for him. Well, that's like taking a hit in blackjack on 17, but Earnhardt comes up a winner as he picks up his position. If he can beat it out before the pace car, he does. He will not lose a lap, and he will be the first of the leaders to pit. Well, he could have had some problems on the car also because they were just in a moment ago, but now, whoa, trouble's coming off turn number four. We've got problems off the four. Roger Hamby's car, it hits the retaining wall, flips over the retaining wall, it comes down on all four wheels, it scatters the spectators who had encroached on the area near the Union 76 car. The front hood area is all crunched in. Roger Hamby still sitting in behind the wheel. He looks all right as he begins to unhinge some of the protective gear, but Roger Hamby, the 17 car, takes a hairy ride up and over the inside retaining wall and comes to rest near some of the spectator areas, but there are no injuries evident at all. And of course, it is Steve Pfeiffer behind the wheel of that King's Inn special, and it sailed over the wall. We'll give you a report as soon as it becomes available to us. From Michigan International Speedway, we have brought out the third caution of the afternoon on the 130th circuit of 200 scheduled, Barney Hall. Terry Labonte, who apparently could have lost a wheel or something in the back straightaway, bringing out the caution flag, and then as they ducked into the pits under caution. Roger Hamby's car, number 17, and apparently we think st Steve Pfeiffer is still aboard as the driver. Yes, got he out is, of shape. Definitely. He got out of shape coming off the banking up in turn number four, hit the retaining wall. The car got airborne and bounced over behind the pit wall, and we'll update you on that a little bit later. Right now, pit stops. Ned Jarrett, I think everybody came back in. Yes, they have. They've been in for a change of four tires, Barney, and any of those that needed any adjustments on their car, they're taking this opportunity to do that. And uh, you are right, Steve Pfeiffer is still in that car because Roger Hamby is uh, standing almost in front of us, about two pits down, and he is now walking slowly down towards the uh, fourth turn or trying to figure out, uh, you know, exactly what uh, went wrong and what he could do about it. So this is the third caution flag of the day. Terry Labonte's car is resting on the grass in the backstretch, and it's going to be a lengthy one as they take quite a bit of time to get that car back to the pits, plus check all the guardrail coming into the, the pit area out of turn four. Well, Ned Jarrett has been dispatched down to the scene where the car 17 of the King's Inn Special has come to rest. We'll give you an update on to just what the condition of everything is there as the leaders continue to take advantage of this caution period, which will definitely drop this torrid pace. It was an average speed of 141.560 miles per hour as we're well past the halfway mark, Barney. And the weather, of course, that was a question. And now this lengthy caution, this could shuffle things considerably for all of these front runners. A reminder to all of our MRN Broadcasting Company listeners, we will be back on the air next weekend from Pocono International Raceway for the running of the United States Auto Club's second jewel in their unique triple crown for championship auto racing cars. That will be the Music, 400, music 500. Then we will all be back on the air with the Winston Cup Grand National Brigade on 
Independence Day, July 4th at 10 a.m. in the morning for the running in the birthplace of Speed, Daytona Beach, Florida, the Firecracker 400. An MRN Broadcasting Company has learned exclusively today, Barney Hall, that one of the top entries for the Firecracker 400 will be Super Tex himself from Houston, Texas, making one of his infrequent Grand National appearances. A.J. Foyt will bring his machine to Daytona to try and dust off the Winston Cup Grand National Brigade. We will then be back on the air on July 15th with the running of the Norton Championship Car Auto Race here for the Championship Auto Racing teams. Of course, the night before, it's the Nashville Race, the Music 420, and then the Winston Cup Grand National Brigade moves back to Pocono International Raceway for the running of the Coca-Cola 500. Lots of great racing left on the Winston Cup Grand National Trail. After the Coca-Cola 500, it's the Talladega 500 on August 5th. MRN will be there, and then we'll all be back together again here at Michigan International Speedway on Sunday afternoon, August 19th, for the running of the Champion Spark Plug 400. So we're still under caution here at Michigan International Speedway with 134 laps complete in the 200-lap Gabriel 400. Here is Dave Marcus back on pit road. And Jackie, while we're under caution, we might also point out that Kyle Petty will be making his debut in Winston Cup Grand National Racing at Daytona in the Firecracker Race. After he was scheduled to do it at Charlotte, North Carolina, he demolished a couple of cars up there. They didn't feel he was ready. Of course, he won the ARCA 200 in February and was very impressive at Daytona. And Richard Petty has said publicly that he's had some reservations about that, and he expressed them yesterday. I've got my uh, anxious moments about him running Daytona with all the good drivers and uh, uh, all the closeness. Uh, you know, when in the Arca race, there was just three or four cars that run close. Now he's talking about running 15 or 20 close. Uh, from that standpoint, I'm going to be real anxious about it. But, uh, you know, he's going to have to learn it sometime, and uh, if he thinks he's ready, we're going to try and... Well, after watching his run in the Warner W. Hodgdon 200 for Grand American Cars at Riverside International Raceway last week, he got an awful lot of schooling on that demanding road course, and coupling that with his win in the ARCA 200 at Daytona International Speedway, and also the humbling effects of those double crashes in practice at Charlotte Motor Speedway, I, for one, think that possibly Kyle Petty is ready to wheel an STP Dodge in the Firecracker 400. Well, I think he's learned quite a few lessons. There's a big change in his attitude toward racing since Daytona in February when he won the ARCA race and he feels like he's ready, and I don't think they would turn him loose again if they didn't feel that he was. We're... They continue to work down on the King's Inn Chevrolet where Roger Hamby and with Steve Pfeiffer aboard Roger Hamby's car has crashed here during this caution period. Let's go to Ned Jarrett for an update. We're standing by with Roger Hamby, who owns that car. Of course, we've already established the fact that Steve Pfeiffer was driving the car. What happened up there, Roger? Ned, I just got here. I th uh, one of the boys said it... Uh... It, he got cut off up here coming in pit road and he just lost it i think i don't know how bad he got hurt or nothing tore the car up pretty good but he come over the wall it looks like you're standing here looks like he come over the wall they said he went about 50 foot in the air look the way it looked well we can see the car in there from our vantage point in the pits and it's about a four foot wall and the car is resting on the inside the front end of the car completely demolished as he had hit the wall and then it flipped up but it is sitting on the wheels and that's the report right now from this. Uh, they've taken Steve to the track hospital just to check him over to see how uh, he is doing. Here at Michigan International Speedway, a lengthy caution flag this afternoon. It started out when Terry Labonte apparently lost a wheel on his machine down the backstretch and spun off into the grass. They have now taken that car to the garage area. And then as everybody was electing to pit, diving onto pit road under this caution, the Roger Hamby car with Steve Pfeiffer aboard spun out of control coming onto pit road, crashed into the cement barrier at pit wall, got airborne for about 50 feet and flew all the way off the pit road in behind the pit wall. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. 
Okay, I'm still standing on the scene where that car is resting. The wrecker is hooking up to him. I've talked to another of the crew members, and they say that they talked to Steve Pfeiffer before they took him to the track hospital. He had a cut above his eye, but he appeared to be okay, but they have taken him for a checkup. So that's the word from the scene where the Steve Pfeiffer car did hit the wall, went up in the air, and came over behind in the area coming into the pit road here at Michigan International Speedway. 137 laps are complete in the 200-lap Gabriel 400 this afternoon, and it has been as good a race as we have seen all season. There have been probably 35, 38 lead changes among about seven drivers and at least that many unofficial lead changes this afternoon. Currently, it's Buddy Baker out front, Waltrip showing in second position, Richard Petty third, Cale Yarborough fourth, and Donnie Allison fifth. And Eli Gold touched upon the fact that Waltrip has brought Big Bertha out of mothballs, and he is running her in second position at the present time. Well, we needed her. Uh, we haven't raced Bertha since last fall in uh, Atlanta, and... Over the winter, we, we didn't anticipate rebuilding the car. It, it is the oldest car we have. It's always been predominantly the best car we've had. And uh, we built a new Oldsmobile, so that took a lot of time. We built a new Caprice, and that took a lot of time. And Bertha just sort of sat over there with her skirt hanging down on the floor. And I guess she didn't figure she'd ever get to race again. Matter of fact, we've had her sold two or three times. And finally... Uh, we haven't done well on the shorter racetracks this year, and of course that's Bertha's specialty. She likes to get down and dirty, and uh, so we brought her out, repaired her, and uh, we're real happy with the car. It's running well here, and of course it's a car that we anticipate using mainly on the super speedway or on the uh, shorter racetracks. And Wanda is our super speedway car, so you know we hope it'll help us. We know it's going to be tough the latter half of the season, and we figure we need everything we can get going for us. Well, they'll also be bringing a brand-newly refurbished Maybelline to Daytona International Speedway. They'll use Bertha on the short tracks, as Daryl told you, and then they'll be also using Wanda on the super speedways, such as these type of races, the two-mile facilities in the very near future. But Maybelline will be strictly for Talladega and for Daytona. Her next debut, her dance to the tune, will be the Firecracker 400. Well, it appears that very shortly we should be getting the signal to go back to green. Let's go up to Eli Gold and see what it looks like over in the backstretch in turn three. Of course, the back straightaway, the area where Terry Labonte had spun out, all is okay there. Terry's car finally did come by on the hook. The wheel problem that we saw, there were sparks coming out from beneath the race car as it went down and spun down the back straightaway. Of course, the problem can better be told from Ned Jarrett down on the pitch, but his car is back being checked out, and right now the field comes rumbling through the 3 and 4 area. Everything is okay as far as the racing surface is concerned, and down here in the corner near the entrance to pit road, the number 17 automobile that was involved in the problem earlier is on the hooks, and they're dragging it down pit road back towards a garage parking spot. Well, as the safety car leads them across the start-finish line, Chip Warren gives the signal they will get the green next time by to put the Gabriel 400 back to a green condition. With the leader, Buddy Baker. Waltrip is second. Third is Richard Petty. Fourth right now is Cale Yarbrough. Fifth is Donnie Allison. Sixth is Neil Bonnet. Seventh should be Bobby Allison. And I believe in eighth position now will be showing the rookie driver, Dale Earnhardt. Very quickly, let's go to Ned Jarrett. They are pulling that car number 17. They're hauling it back into the garage area right now. We're on our way to check with Terry Labonte to see how uh, he's faring along if he's going to get back in the field. And you can take a look at that King's Inn Chevrolet Caprice and it is shortened up by about four and a half feet on the front nose. He hit that retaining barrier which is about four feet high and about six inches wide of concrete and just flattened the nose of that thing. It was a center punch like we have never seen on a pit road accident. 
Well, he hit it head on, and but the safety factor that is built in these cars that run the NASCAR Winston Cup circuit is so great that the drivers, you can talk to all of them about the danger element in Winston Cup racing or any any type of racing, and they feel that it is by far the safest motor racing in the world. Probably the best man to tell you about it is three-time Winston Cup Grand National Champion Cale Yarbrough. Well, I'm sure that, you know, there is danger out there. There's no doubt about it. Anytime you have speed, uh, there's got to be a certain amount of danger, but you can't let... You can't let this bother you. You can't be uh, running a race and thinking about, you know, how dangerous it is. You got to just block that out of your mind, and uh, you know, it's nothing, something that never crosses my mind unless, uh, unless there is something bad that happens in the racetrack. And here they come, green flag across the stripe, and Walter goes after Buddy Baker for the lead in turn one. They were four wide on the break as they take a single file. The front three cars begin to break away from the field just a bit. Baker, Waltrip, and Richard Petty. Cale Yarbrough swings his bush. Oldsmobile down low on the racetrack. He is fourth. Donnie Allison is fifth. Neil Bonnet rides in the sixth spot. Dave Marcus sits in seventh with Dale Earnhardt slipping back to eighth on the restart. On a challenge for the lead, Darrell Waltrip trying to close in on Buddy Baker. There's a half car length of a deficit. Now Baker trying to take him up the wall of turn number three. It's still going to be single file. Buddy Baker in front. Waltrip second, Richard Petty third, Yarborough fourth, Donnie Allison fifth, running sixth is Neil Bonnet. And a contest is enjoined for seventh position. Dale Earnhardt is on the inside of Dave Marcus and glued right behind them are Bobby Allison and Dick Brooks. As they come to the stripe, they are battling for that seventh position. Two by two for seventh spot and Earnhardt looks like he might have traded a bit of paint with Marcus. They have dueled most of the afternoon up and down the positions in the front ten. Bobby Allison is right there. He is ninth with Brooks in tenth. That battle begins to sort out just a bit. Earnhardt is now firmly entrenched in the seventh spot, but it's Allison and Marcus battling for eighth. And of course, this time, as far as the leadership is concerned, it's going to be single file for the six cars working to turn number three. Nobody making a challenge right here on lap 141 of 200. It's still going to be Buddy Baker showing the way with a car length of an edge over Darrell Walter, who runs second. Petty continuing third, Yarborough fourth, Dottie Allison fifth, Neil Bonnet sixth. Just a beautiful draft for the leaders as they come across the start-finish line and work back into the turn one area. Buddy Baker continues to show the way, and right now, Mike Joy, he appears to be the class of the field. Six cars single file, Barty, and Baker has a bit of an edge coming into turn one. He lengthens it by a car length over Darrell Waltrip each time entering one, but up out of two, the draft really begins to play here at Michigan. Petty is on the bottom of the racetrack this time with Donnie Allison. Allison moving up to run for the fourth spot. Allison alongside Cale Yarborough trying to make a challenge for fourth place, but Yarborough trying to step on the button, keeps on to the high side of the racetrack. Up turn number three they go. It's going to be Donnie Allison lifting. He drops back into the fifth running position, so it's still going to be Buddy Baker and Darrell Waltrip, they run together. Then comes the Cale Yarborough challenge of Richard Petty for third. Well, we see a couple of cars pull out a line and try to pull up. One was Cale Yarborough, and nowhere to go for Yarborough. He tucks back in behind Richard Petty, and that six-car draft still runs single file back in the turn one area. Things seem to be pretty evenly matched at this point in the race, with just some 57-odd laps to go as Baker is on the front of the point, and anybody who moves down out of line is going to lose the draft and get drop kicked probably eight or ten spots before they get to the end of this lead draft. Baker leads them in the back shoot. At this point, all seems to stabilize, though Cale Yarborough does indeed close the gap between himself and the third-place runner, Richard Petty. It's going to be single file. The groove continuing to split. Turns number three and four right down the middle. Richard Petty does take a bit of a lower line than the rest of the crew, but he floats back up and rejoins that single file draft off the four corner. And Barney Hall, the rain threat seems to have left the Michigan International Speedway. The sun is shining right now. However, there are still some clouds here. We check with 
Derek Terry body. He broke, broke a pole joint on that car. They are repairing it. They almost have him ready to go. You'll see him re-enter the race very shortly. So that's the report on Terry Labonte's car, who spun and brought out the caution flag a moment ago in the back stretch. A move at turn two as Donnie Allison moves low on Cale Yarborough's machine, and Donnie moves up into fourth spot. Yarborough just got a bit too high up in the groove and lost a position. Donnie's been challenging all afternoon down the back straightaway. He's run strongly back there. This time he closes on Richard Petty and goes to the low side of Richard in the turn, but again he maintains a single file hold. It's still Baker in front, Waltrip second, Petty third, Donnie Allison fourth, running fifth, Yarborough sixth, this bonnet seventh, this is Earnhardt, and eighth is Bobby Allison. There are 106 miles remaining in the Gabriel 400 here at Michigan this afternoon. Ten cars are in the lead lap right now, and it is a barn burner for the lead as they chase Buddy Baker up into turn number three. It's still single file, Barcale Yarborough. Now Earnhardt trying to stick the nose in tight and make it a pretty good battle for sixth. But now as everybody goes back single file, Baker in front, Waltrip second, still Donnie Allison third, followed by Petty in fourth. Cale Yarbrough is in fifth spot. Dale Earnhardt is sixth. Seventh belongs to Neil Bond and eighth to Bobby Allison. In ninth position is Dave Marcus. Then trailing in tenth spot on the same lap with the leaders is Lenny Pond. In eleventh position, one lap down is Dick Brooks. Ricky Rudd is twelfth. In thirteenth spot is Ty Scott. Then two laps down is Bill Elliott in fourteenth. Fifteenth to Bob Burchin and then three laps down is Buddy Arrington in the Reed Trailer Sales Dodge. Well, whoever's going to win this one is going to earn it this afternoon with ten cars still riding in the lead lap this afternoon. Nine of those are nose to tail in the backstretch heading to turn three. Donnie Allison had made a move to go inside of Darrell Waltrip, thought better of it, and right now single file and perfectly so through turn number three. But now as they go to the number four turn, Cale Yarbrough looks to take a higher groove. Earnhardt thought about following, but single file off the corner. Makes a big difference here when you're running third or fourth and, and decide to move up if you pull out all by yourself and everybody else closes up tightly, then you'll drop from about fourth to ninth. They're back in turn one. Cale Yarbrough had a look on the bottom. Earnhardt followed him downstairs. He could not make a move on Petty and slides back up in the draft. Donnie Allison looks very strong at this point. His Hawaiian Tropic Chevrolet moves underneath Daryl Waltrip, exiting turn two, and without the draft, Allison is going to make a run down the back stretch for second. Allison has excelled all afternoon long down the back straightaway. He's still side by side for that second place battle with Daryl Waltrip. Richard Petty thought about following, but he gets back into the draft. Now Donnie Allison down low sweeps off that lower groove and right up in front of Daryl Waltrip. So Donnie Allison flexing the muscles. He's got second place in the Gabriel 400. Both Buddy Baker and Dottie Allison's car have been strong all afternoon. Baker extremely strong down to the south end of the track in turn one and that's where Allison has been making a lot of ground this afternoon, Mike Joy. And Allison is right on his bumper right now. Barney Baker has been strongest going into turn number one. But out of turn two, it seems to be whoever gets the draft has the advantage. The front three cars open up a two-car length advantage on Petty. That will be Baker, Donnie Allison, and Daryl Waltrip. Petty running fourth, Yarborough fifth, Neil Bonnet sixth, Dale Earnhardt seventh, Bobby Allison eighth, running ninth is Marcus, running tenth is Lenny Pond. Your leaders work past the John Kennedy automobile into turn number three. It's still going to be single file, but here comes Donnie Allison. He drops down low on Buddy Baker. It's going to be nose-to-nose right here and two abreast back to the line. The Hawaiian Tropic Chevrolet looks for the sunshine of the lead as he goes to the inside. Richard Petty makes a bold move to the inside. It's three wide into turn one. It is three wide. Baker is ahead, and it's a three-way battle. Petty, Allison, and Walter. That's the way they line up going up the racetrack. 
Petty breaks away from the bottom and runs in second spot. Eight drivers continue to try and twist the lead away from Buddy Baker. He will not give it up. Donnie Allison is the latest to work on him. He's moved up into second position. Waltrip rides in third as they head up to Eli Gold. Earnhardt single file running fourth. Richard Petty running fifth. Neil Bonnet going sixth. Bobby Allison going seventh. Marcus going eighth. Lenny Pond going ninth as they work back to the line. Baker has the lead. Baker, five cars, nose to tail, ride the lead draft at about five car lengths back in sixth position comes Neil Bonnet. They're back in one. On the end of that nine-car lead draft is Cale Yarbrough, and he's got to be hopping mad. Two laps ago at this end of the racetrack, he got way up high, got into the marbles, had to back way out of the throttle. That drop kicked him all the way back to that ninth spot. Cale is trying to clamber up alongside of Dave Marcus and regain some lost ground right now as Earnhardt goes for third. Earnhardt draws alongside Darrell Waltrip. Earnhardt has the inside, Waltrip the outside, closing behind them. Double file, Neil Bonnet and Richard Petty. It's going to be Earnhardt flexing the muscles. He takes over third place. Running fourth now is Waltrip. He feels the heat from Neil Bonnet. The pure later car is down low. Richard Petty making it three wide off the turn. Jackie, you won't see any better racing than we've seen here this afternoon. Nine and ten cars, three and four deep all afternoon. Baker right now and Allison link up in that two-car draft and try to pull away. And taking a look at the rundown as we have it, it is Buddy Baker, your leader. Donnie Allison running second. Dale Earnhardt in third. Daryl Waltrip in fourth. Richard Petty being posted in the fifth spot. Moving into sixth position is Bobby Allison on the inside in seventh being challenged by Dave Marcus from 8th is Neil Bonnet. In ninth position is Darrell Waltrip. Then back in 10th spot is Lenny Pond. One lap off the pace in 11th is Dick Brooks. Ty Scott is 12th. Ricky Rudd is 13th. Two laps off the pace in 14th spot is Bill Elliott. And 15th on the field is Bob Burcham in the Belden Asphalt Chevrolet. Well, Ned Jarrett, this has primarily been a Ford track since they opened it back in 1969. I think the Mercury has won here at least nine times, a Ford one time. So for all practical purposes, Ford and Mercury have 10 victories out of the 19 races that have been completed. What do you think Neil Bonnet is? Do you think he's running just as hard as he can to stay in that top 10? Because David Pearson came here so many times and kind of laid back with that car and then brought it to the front in the closing minutes. It could very well be, and as we interviewed Leonard Wood a little earlier in the race when Neil was running back in the pack as he is now, he said, no, everything seems to be okay, and uh, he's just sort of sitting there waiting and riding along with the pack. So it could very well be, but I'll tell you, the competition is stronger now, and he has a bigger number of those General Motors products out there to beat than uh, Pearson had sometime in the past. I'll tell you, it's going to be tough for that uh, 10th place guy who has fought here all to whoever finishes 10th, and that's hard to say now, but to read in the paper tomorrow that he finished 10th and ran as hard a race as he did. But one thing that could be a factor is we have a change for third place going into turn one, but it could be a factor is they've got to make one more pit stop, and those that make the quickest ones will have the biggest advantage. Problems for the Stones Cafeteria Chevrolet. Ronnie Thomas coming to a slow crawl down the back straightaway, now works his way back to pit road. Ronnie Thomas, who has had more problems this year than any three or four drivers we know, he would almost be a candidate for the Goodies Headache Award here this afternoon, as will a host of drivers. And a little bit later in our broadcast, we'll be swinging around to our turn reporters and down to Ned Jarrett in the pits to find out who they would give the Goody Headache Award here this afternoon. Still, Buddy Baker and Donnie Allison, and for the moment, these two seem content to run nose to tail in as tight a draft as possible, and they have opened up a pretty good separation right now on the third-place car, Darrell Waltrip. We've talked about how important the draft is here at Michigan International Speedway. And for second place runner Donnie Allison, he told you how he tries to seek out a particular car to draft with. How about the drivers, Donnie? Are there any special drivers that you would elect to draft with if you had your choice? You know, of course, Bobby is easy to draft with. Richard Petty. Uh, Cale's very easy to draft with. Cale will run right in the line with you, and Darrell's become that way, you know, in the last 
year or so has got to where you know he uses the draft to the maximum and uh, uh, I would say out of all the guys that run uh, right now I would have to say probably Richard Darrell Kale and, and Bobby and uh, you know that's not to say that I won't draft with the other ones but you just feel maybe a little bit better about drafting with them. I didn't hear Buddy Baker's name in that interview, Barney Hall, so maybe he just doesn't feel quite so secure as he would if it was someone else up front. Well, right now they're getting the job done to the Gabriel 400. Ned Jarrett, this last pit stop, if it comes under green, it will put an awful lot of pressure on the crews. Yes, it will, Barney, and it'll come when there's about uh, 10 to 15 laps to go. And it'll be interesting to see if they only take on enough gasoline to finish the race. And I suspect some of them will, but others might uh, choose to change tires. So that kind of strategy we'll keep our eye on. It'll be interesting to see what it is. We pause now for station identification. But for the moment, nobody is sticking a nose outside of that single file line as they work back down in turn number one. They can't afford Mike Joy to do too much dicing around back there because if they do, each time you pull alongside another car, it allows Baker and Allison to open that much more ground. No, Barney, but it's a pretty loose draft from third on back. Daryl Waltrip opened up about three car lengths on Richard Petty in the turn. Down the backstretch, they seem to close back up again, but Baker and Allison continue to stay glued together and run away from the field. Of course, in turn number three, Dale Earnhardt's been bouncing around just a bit, but that's not totally uncommon. Darrell Waltrip, interestingly, is using a different line through turns three and four than the rest of that single-file crew. He goes right up high and lets everybody else join him as he floats off turn number four. As usual, the display of driving talent by the Austrian Racing Team rookie, Dale Earnhardt. Barney's never been here before, and he's just putting on an absolutely sterling performance as he planks that car steadily into the fifth position. Battle and for the lead in turn two. Donnie Allison goes underneath Buddy Baker and takes the lead against the lap car. Fighting for third, Richard Petty and Darrell Waltrip Petty gets the third position from Waltrip. It was a good move by Allison, taking advantage of the John Kennedy automobile. Now as the leaders work their way to turn number three, they work past Harry Gant, and it's going to be Donnie Allison closing again as Buddy Baker. Baker with not even a half a car length of a deficit, and those two again hook up in a tight draft, and they try to again pull away. 35 laps remaining this afternoon of the Gabriel 400. Ten cars are still in the lead lap as they cross the stripe. It's Allison out front. Baker going after the lead again in turn one. They've gone racing again, and Baker is in the bottom of the racetrack, diving into turn number one. He makes the pass look easy. Allison glues himself right back onto the rear butt deck lid of the Spectre Motor Oil Chevrolet of Buddy Baker. They continue to enjoy about a 15-car margin over third place Richard Petty with Darrell Waltrip and Dale Earnhardt locked together, then Bobby Allison back in the sixth spot. Well, while the front twosome run free and easy, it's a whale of a battle back for that third spot between Waltrip, Earnhardt, Bobby Allison, Cale Yarborough, and Richard Petty. They're back in turn one. Waltrip has the third spot as Bobby Allison went downstairs and allowed Dale Earnhardt to move around the outside. Could have been a costly move for Allison as now Richard Petty comes up on the outside of Allison in turn number two. They're fighting for fifth. Bobby Allison comes back up into the groove in the fifth position. As the leaders work towards three, it's Baker in first. Danny Allison running second. Running third continues to be Darrell Waltrip. Dale Earnhardt going fourth. Running fifth, Bobby Allison. Sixth is Richard Petty. Seventh now is Dale Yarbrough. Eighth is Dave Marcus. Ninth is Neil Bonnet. The leaders now showing almost a 15 to 20 car length of an advantage. Come off the number four corner. Baker in front. 
they began to stretch that lead a little bit. This time, they'll be at least two seconds ahead of Waltrip, who maintains the third spot. And Earnhardt has been chewing away on the bumper of that car for about the last five laps, trying to move up a position. No way, as they shuffle around again in turn one. Well, the battle from third on back goes back to single file. Richard Petty loses a bit of ground in turn one, and that makes three cars, third, fourth, and fifth place, in a bit of a group by themselves. That will be Waltrip, Earnhardt, and Bobby Allison. Then Richard Petty, Cale Yarbrough, Dave Marcus, and Neil Bonnet trails the lead draft. Earnhardt closing this time closer on Waltrip than he has the last few times through. Interesting to see what lines they take. Everybody's been all over the place in turns number three and four. This time, Richard Petty staying way low on the racetrack. He sweeps up past some race traffic, and everybody else single file. Petty's car has not been working all that well in the turn four area. He's been out of the groove a couple of times, run almost against the wall. He dived a little bit low that time, perhaps just to feel out exactly what the car will do. And for the moment, it continues to be Buddy Baker in front, Donnie Allison in second, Waltrip is third, Earnhardt is fourth, and not much change in the south end of the track. Mike Joy, as they get down to the concluding laps, they'll make one more pit stop. Do you think these two can pull away? It looks that way, Barney. They're both handling very well going into the first turn here at the south end of the speedway. Baker can get down and out of that turn, and Donnie stays right on his bumper. And every time at that point in the racetrack, they seem to gain a car length or two on the rest of the lead draft. Of course, you talk about what's been going on on the track, and we've described it all season long. What's going to happen on pit road is pretty well going to tell a story. Problems off the number four corner. Richard Petty goes into the wall, joined by Cale Yarbrough. Yarbrough coming off, bouncing, and rejoins right back into the draft. But Yarbrough now showing smoke as he heads down towards Mike Joy. Richard Petty got a little bit loose coming out of that corner and slammed into the door of Cale Yarbrough and crunched him into the wall. And, Mike, there was quite a bit of smoke, and it looked like the battle may be bent in on the, on the tires. Exactly, Barney. It looked like tires smoke it has abated somewhat and Yarborough is still running pretty much full speed in the back stretch. Well, the Junior Johnson crew are preparing to work on that automobile. They're getting the material or the tools out that they use to pull a fender off of a tire and they're making their pit stop a little bit earlier than they had anticipated. So Petty who had not been handling well in turn number four the car apparently just moves over one lane and crunched Yarborough into the wall and that may be a costly mistake for him. It wasn't a mistake on Cale's part, of course. He was just there, and of course, Richard never would intentionally run into anyone, or neither would any other driver, but the car just moved over a lane and forced him into the wall. Let's go to Ned Jerry. Cale Yarber is in in the Bush Beer Oldsmobile. They go to the right side, changing tires. The right front fender, that uh, car is caved in against the tire. Junior Johnson is physically taking care of that problem himself as they fill it up with gasoline. A little bit longer, perhaps, than they would have stopped ordinarily, but they had to pull those fenders off the tires. They have the tires changed now, but they're still working on those fenders. He's down and away now. 24 and 110 second. The stop for some cosmetic damage and a change of right side rubber on the Bush Beer Oldsmobile, and Yarbrough is back to the race. Well, as he heads back down into turn We've number one. We've got problems in turn number four. Spinning is Dave Marcus. He and Neil Bonnet were coming out of the number four corner, and Marcus goes sideways. He skids into the apron inside of that white line. He's out of harm's way, but a tough break for Dave Marcus yet again. Now can Cale Yarborough, he came out on the track right in front of the leaders. Is he in front of them as they go down to the back stretch? That'll be a race back to the line. Out of turn two, he enjoys about ten car lengths ahead of Donnie Allison, but he's not quite up to full speed. It'll be a race to the line to stay on the same lap. 
as they work their way back towards that number three turn. It's going to be Allison leading Buddy Baker up. They've got Cale Yarborough in their sights, but it looks as though real estate is going to run out. And so far as putting Cale a lap down, it's going to be coming off the number four corner and still no change in the running order. So the misfortune of Dave Marcus becomes the good fortune for the Bush beer efforts of Cale Yarborough as he comes across the stripe and will not lose a lap here in the Gabriel 400. At least the front six positions are on pit road right now. Donnie Allison, Buddy Baker, Darrell Waltrip, Dale Earnhardt, and Bobby Allison have all pitted their cars as we are under the fourth caution flag of the day here at Michigan International Speedway. We're getting down to the conclusion of the Gabriel 400 here this afternoon, and just before the caution came out, there were ten cars riding in the lead lap, and the I think it's going to end up that way because Yarborough apparently did not lose a lap as he was on pit road when the caution came out and pulled back onto the speedway, getting out ahead of the leaders. So it puts him still back in the same lap. So we should have 10 cars riding that lead lap when we go back to green. Taking a look as well, the Winston Cup Grand National schedule during this momentary respite in the Gabriel 400. Next stop for the MRN Broadcasting Company will be the United States Auto Club's championship car event from Pocono International Raceway. Next Sunday, the Music 500 will be there to bring you all the exciting action of those open-wheeled, open-cockpit machines. Then we all reconvene with the Winston Cup Grand National Brigade in the birthplace of speed, Daytona Beach, Florida for the running of the nation's wildest Independence Day celebration at 10 a.m. in the morning, the Firecracker 400. And there's no better place to watch a race than go to the racetrack at 10 and be on the world's most famous beach by 2. That's Daytona Beach, Florida for the running of the Firecracker 400. The Nashville 420 goes to post on July 14th. That's a night race on Saturday evening. We will be back on the air with the North Norton Twin Championship events here at Michigan International Speedway starting on Sunday, July 15th. Then it will be the Winston Cup Grand Nationals again with MRN Broadcasting bringing you all the exciting action from Pocono, Pennsylvania and the Coca-Cola 500. Off to the world's fastest track on August 5th for the Talladega 500 for Winston Cup Brigade. The champion Spark Plug 400 will come to post on Sunday, August 19th for Winston Cup Grand National Machines right back here at Michigan International Speedway. And MRN will be here to bring you all the exciting race-by-race action. Well, they have called Neil Bonnet back into the pits, and Ned Jarrett, a moment ago, I think you said there was some damage on that car. Yes, the right front uh, fender on that car was damaged as it came down pit road, and they are the Wood Brothers, Leonard, and the rest of the crew working on that car right now, trying to repair that, uh, you know, to make it as good aerodynamically as they possibly can, and of course, uh, get any sheet metal away from a tire. As the record now brings Dave Marcus' car into the pit area, they took a while to get out there to get to him, and Dave looking very dejectedly sitting uh, in the car as he comes into the garage area and apparently he's going to be out of the race. This has to be a long afternoon of consternation for the Wood Brothers Purillator Mercury effort. Of course, that car has run so strong here throughout the years with David Gene Pearson at the controls. The newcomer, Neil Bonnet, comes here, planks it on the pole, but it has not run as most people had expected it would here in the Gabriel 400. Green is displayed once again with Buddy Baker, your leader, Bobby Allison second, Richard Petty is third. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. We're standing by with Dave Marcus as he talks with his crew. Dave, what happened when you came off of that turn? I don't know, Ned. I guess the wall got in my way. Well, it didn't look like the car's damaged too bad. Could you not get back in? No, I can't because it bent the right front lower control arm. Okay, that's the story from Dave Marcus. Meanwhile, midway down the backstretch, a change in position. Buddy Baker continues to lead, but it's Richard Petty in second, and there's a contest for third. It's brotherly love, maybe discarded right here as Donnie Allison whisks right by brother Bobby Allison. So Donnie runs in third, Bobby in fourth, Dale Earnhardt running fifth, Waltrip running sixth, running seventh now, Cale Yarborough going eighth is Neil Bonnet. 
With 40 miles to go in the Gabriel 400, nobody will give you an inch the rest of the distance. Out front, Baker, second, Petty, third, Donnie Allison, fourth, Bobby Allison. They're back in one. Three cars go to the low side, led by Donnie Allison. He moves up alongside the leader. Baker and Allison have been so strong these last 20 laps. It's now a five-car flying wedge at turn two. Baker leads it on the high side. Half a car length underneath his door is Donnie Allison on the low side. Petty is high. Bobby Allison is low. Those four under a blanket in the backstretch. And that's the way they continue, working towards turn number three. Nobody makes a move. They continue in that flying wedge, as Mike called it, until now, towards the apex of turn three. It's going to be Allison trying to go down low. Bobby Allison trying to join Donnie Allison. It's going to be two abreast coming off the number four corner with Donnie Allison side by side with Baker for the lead. Here come nine cars like a moving used car lot. They cross the start-finish line door-to-door, two-by-two, as they head back into one. Donnie Allison trying to take the lead from Baker. And it's three wide, back for what is fifth spot, as there are nine cars just stacked together. Donnie Allison has the lead in turn two. He's on the low side. Baker is up high and Baker comes scrambling off the turn. He has a bit more speed coming off in that higher groove and his half a car like is your leader. Petty is third. Bobby is fourth. Dale Earnhardt is fifth and they're all tied together. With all the cars in contention, is it possible there are only 19 laps to go? Indeed the case as right now Donnie Allison shows the way up to turn number three. He has first place. Bobby Allison trying to come in close in on Buddy Baker. Bobby Allison has the low side. Baker has the high side. Now Buddy trying the slingshot off the number four corner again. Double file for eight positions. You get your best hold and you hang on, Jack Arun, as we get down to 18 laps to go. Baker is out front. And they've quit the call out for several cameramen to come to the start-finish line, not only for first, but for ninth position here in the Gabriel 400. That's how close it's going to be to the line. Baker is your leader in two. It was three wide for second. Bobby Allison is now the second-place car. Three wide at turn two. Squeeze play as Waltrip is on the bottom with Petty and Earnhardt and Bonnet. Right now, nobody seems to make a move. They're in such tight quarters trying to chase down the leader, Buddy Baker. Baker with a five, seven car length of an advantage over Bobby Allison running second. Out of the draft now and dropping quickly is Darrell Waltrip who loses three positions. We set it from the top with Baker in front. Bobby Allison second, Petty third, Earnhardt fourth, Yarborough fifth, Donnie Allison followed by Waltrip and Bonnet. We have problems in turn number four. A car spinning off the racetrack. It's going to be the Belden Asphalt Chevrolet of Bob Bertram. Bertram's car has come to rest down the grassy infield portion of turn four area. Let's go back to Eli Gold. That, of course, one of the locally sponsored cars, Rex Belden out of Jackson, Michigan, has that car campaigning on the circuit all along. The car is out of harm's way as your leaders continue to work down the back straightaway. Buddy Baker shows it in front, running second. Bobby Allison feeling a challenge from Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt closing on the rear deck lid of Bobby Allison, trying to make a move. Earnhardt, he's not one to hang back. He tries to put that car down low, even lower than Allison, but he can't quite do it. Richard Petty takes the high side, and again, they shuffle back to the line. The scream to the stripe for the display of the caution flag. It will go to Baker. With Allison second, Petty in third, Yarbrough will have fourth, Earnhardt fifth, and Darrell Waltrip in sixth position. At Michigan International Speedway, Richard Petty suddenly decides to pit the STP Chevrolet, and it looks like they're going to change tires on Richard's machine now. Neil Bonnet was in just a moment ago, as was Bobby Allison. Well, they went for right side rubber on all of the top leaders as they came in for the battle, and it'll be like a heat race going down to the wire. Mike Joy, you've been watching it all from turns one and two. Your nominee for the Goodies Headache Award this afternoon. 
Well, Jackie, at the top of the broadcast, I would have gone with Baxter Price, who came up here from Monroe, North Carolina, but could not get his car into the starting field. He was the last car to take time in the final session and hit the wall for the second time this week. He could use the money, but Dave Marcus, the litany of bad luck, just seems to follow Marcus around like a cloud over his head like that fellow in Little Abner, and he continues to have problems today after a surprising ride, an excellent ride all afternoon, and I would vote the $250 award to Dave Marcus. The goodies headache powder people posting $250 for the fellow that experiences the biggest headache either in preparation for today's race or in the running of today's race. And Eli, you don't have a vote, but if you did, who would it go to? Well, uh, I'd have to certainly echo Mike's feelings. Of all the reasons he gave about Dave Marcus, Dave has done... uh the problems he's had this year, we were talking before during a commercial, the goodies headache powder he's picked up, he could probably open a distributorship, but I think we do have to give an honorary headache mention to Benny Parsons, who was running well among with the leaders today. He finally had that car, 27, going well. Of course, here in turn number four, where we've had an un usually large numbers of happenings here this afternoon. That's where Benny Parsons' car expired, so we'd give the vote to Dave Marcus, but the honorary headache today goes to Benny Parsons. How about it, Barney? Who would you give it to if you had a vote? I guess you'd have to vote for two guys here this afternoon. Dave Marcus, as you said, and Roger Hamby, who continues. He's had as much bad luck this year as has Dave Marcus. His car crashing earlier today and probably just about totaled the front end of that machine also. Ditto for me as well. I think I'd give it to the Kings Inn special and Roger Hamby and Steve Pfeiffer. Updating all of you on the report there. As Eli Gold told you, during the during the caution flag being displayed for that accident when Pfeiffer sailed some 60 feet in the air and landed in a heavily populated area here at the end of Pitt Road, Pfeiffer has been removed to the hospital with some bruises and gash over his eye. And then the other fellow that was involved, a photographer, he is all right as well. Preliminary reports, some contusions and some bruises on him as well. So no major problems on that accident. And we all breathe a very heavy sigh of relief due to that. 13 laps remaining this afternoon of the Gabriel 400. We will get the green this time by as the field works down in front of Mike Joy. And it's going to be just that, Barney, a 13, a 12-lap trophy dash to the checker. I can't remember a race that we've covered here on MRN where so many cars have been in such strong contention with so few laps to go. But Buddy Baker continues to impress me with the way he's getting through the south end of the speedway. Well, the Simonized World Racing scoreboard may be a little bit delayed today if they have to develop some pictures before we can find out what the order of finish is. But we'll give you that rundown as well as the results from around the world and the IROC. Seven results for the NASCAR Winston Cup Grand National competitors later in this broadcast. There are nine cars lined up nose to tail. They are in the lead lap getting ready to go back to green as they move over to turn three in Eli Gold. You know, you talk about spending some good money to buy a seat to come see a race here in Michigan. They might say the money was towards admission because nobody's been sitting down. Everybody and nearly 50 or 60,000 fans, I'm sure, on their feet. The pace car tucks into the pit road and they come back for a restart with 188 down. As they cut them loose with 12 laps to go, Chip Warren, green flag, Baker comes flying up through the pack and latching onto his bumper is Cale Yarbrough. And that's a bit of a surprise because Yarbrough up until this last round of pit stops was not handling well at all. It is Daryl Waltrip in third, Dale Earnhardt in fourth as Donnie Allison goes underneath Earnhardt for fourth position. Bobby Allison is sixth, Petty is seventh, Neil Bonnet is eighth, Lenny Pond is ninth, and the front two cars streak away from the field. Indeed they do. This time, Cale Yarbrough runs second behind. Buddy Baker makes absolutely no move right here. He's seemingly content to just tuck it in and run out the rest of those 11 laps until a last lap move. Running third continues to be Waltrip. Earnhardt running fourth. Running fifth is Donnie Allison. Running sixth is Bobby Allison. 7th, Richard Petty. 8th is Neil Bonnet. Make a foolish move in this pack of traffic and you'll end up in ninth position. Here they come across the stripe. Baker and Kale lock up nose to tail and try to put separation on the field. 
Down at turn one. It is still Darrell Waltrip in third, but he's had lots of company. As Earnhardt runs fourth, Donnie Allison has moved up to fifth, and Bobby Allison slides back a bit. Richard Petty has come on to the sixth position. Neil Bonnet is in eighth, and there's probably about 30 car lengths separating first to eighth position. It's that close. And this time, everybody but Neil Bonnet sitting tight. Neil trying to make a move as he draws alongside a Huey Town neighbor, Bobby Allison. Neil Bonnet going to the low side. Further back, it's another Huey Town move. As Donnie Allison draws alongside Dale Earnhardt in a battle for now fourth and fifth position. Off the number four corner, Buddy Baker shows the way to Kale Yarbrough, who's second. Earlier this afternoon, it looked like it might be Buddy Baker and Donnie Allison pulling away from the field, but now it's Cale Yarbrough and Buddy Baker, and Donnie's trying to get somebody to pull out with him to catch the leaders. Donnie is scrambling, but he's all alone in the low groove. He's underneath Richard Petty as they run for fifth position, but Donnie cannot run the bottom of the racetrack without help in the draft. He slides back up in that draft in sixth spot. Fourth, third through sixth, they are still single file trying to catch the two leaders. In the back shoot, Petty pulls low for a move. As they try to make a move, Richard Petty looks either way. He's alongside Donnie Allison, but this time it's still going to be single file up the turn. Lenny Pond's car comes chugging by our position as the leaders work by race traffic. It's going to be Buddy Baker. Look in the rearview mirror. Still, Cale Yarborough. How quickly the complexion of this Gabriel 400 can change. Baker is at the point, but now it's Cale Yarborough feeling a hot breath as he goes down the front straight away. Waltrip is in third, Earnhardt fourth, Petty in fifth. Yarborough wants it to be a two-car shootout and he is strayed. Not further than six inches off the rear bumper of Buddy Baker. They enjoy an eight-car length and margin on Waltrip, who is third. Then Earnhardt, Petty, Donnie Allison, Neil Bonnet stacked up in short order coming off a of turn two. Interesting, of course, all afternoon long, Cale Yarborough has not to have to make many moves on Buddy Baker. He's been challenging with everybody else, not so much with Baker. So it'll be interesting to see what Cale does this time as they work through turn number three. It's going to be an identical groove. They still split that turn right down the middle as far as your two leaders are concerned. Further back in the pack, it's still going to be Darrell Waltrip leading Richard Petty, Bonnie, and Donnie Allison off the turn. On the last lap, Buddy Baker, if you were running second, where would you want to be? The racetrack has such long corners in it that you can wait to the last corner, and as they start off a four, if you drop right under them, it tends to make the lead car push quite a bit coming off the corner, and you can, you can pass him before he gets to the flag. Right down the front straightaway is the place to make you move, though, not down the back. Well, down the back stretch is where they are right now with eight laps to go, working on seven laps to go this time by with Buddy Baker in front, Cale Yarbrough second, then four, five, eight car lengths back now is Darrell Waltrip in third. Running fourth, Richard Petty. Running fifth, Donnie Allison. Sixth goes to Neil Bonnet. Seventh goes to Dale Earnhardt. And eighth goes to Bobby Allison. This time it's going to be too wide in a battle for third place. Back to the line. Richard Petty trying to move up in the STP Chevrolet. Dives now to the inside. And then Donnie Allison comes down. And Neil Bonnet in there. Four deep for that third position in one. Four wide for third spot. From the bottom of the racetrack up, it's Bonnet. Donnie Allison, Petty, and Walter. It is Neil Bonnet, the Mercury. That strayed for so long, back in eighth position, showing its strength. Here's Petty, it is four wide again. As Petty gets pinched to the bottom of the racetrack in turn two, he comes off the second turn in third place. What a brand of racing as Richard Petty runs in third. Neil Bonnet trying to tag along. He goes in fourth. Now caught out of the draft again is Earnhardt and Waltrip. So Donnie Allison moves in. Right now it's going to be Neil Bonnet in a challenge. He tries to take third place away from Richard Petty. Bonnet goes to the short side. Now Richard Petty stands on it. They're going to be side by side. Two cars in a draft up front then five. Tight for second through six. Two and three deep for that third position as they come across the stripe and as they dice back and forth door to door the leaders continue to pull away. 
away my joy. Yarborough has not moved off the back bumper of Buddy Baker's car. He's content to run there and pull away from a whale of a battle for third spot. Right now, Bonnet is third, but it changes about every 10 seconds. Here's Petty going to the bottom of the racetrack for third. Richard Petty moves past Bonnet. Donnie Allison is going to tow right along behind him to try to clamber up into fourth spot. And Donnie's going to try and make a move, but Neil Bonnet seems to be able to find the horses to hold him off. Here comes Darrell Walter. He makes it three wide up the turn with Donnie Allison and Dale Earnhardt. Right now, the running order of Richard Petty, followed by Neil Bonnet as they work third and fourth position. Fifth for Donnie Allison, sixth for Waltrip, seventh for Earnhardt. Now a little space begins to build between first and second position as Buddy Baker has opened up a six-car deficit right now and pulled away from Cale Yarbrough, but the battle is for third. Baker has a lot of strength down here in turn number one, but back at third spot. Still, Neil Bonnet and Richard Petty continue to hammer at one another. Donnie Allison in fifth is right on Petty's bumper in the high groove. Bonnet has planked the pure later mercury on the bottom of the racetrack, but now he is out of the draft. Petty will get third, Donnie Allison is fourth, and Bonnet's back to fifth. As they work off 195, it's still going to be Buddy Baker right now, showing more daylight than ever in front of Cale Yarbrough. It's going to be Baker handling well down low through turns number three and four. He splits the turn, going nowhere near as high as some of their other race cars earlier this afternoon. It's Baker in front, running second. It's Cale third in a tight battle still. It's Allison, Bonnet, and Petty. Here's to be a little handling problem on Cale Yarbrough's car in the corners, but that battle continues to be a hot one for the number three position as they move back to turn one in Mike Joy. And they are catching Cale Yarbrough for second. Donnie Allison has Neil Bonnet hooked up in a tight draft. They are reeling in the second place car. Now Petty in fifth lines up low on the racetrack at turn two. He's going to try the pass on Bonnet. That will break the draft, but they continue to overhaul Yarbrough. Here is Petty running for fourth. And still, Buddy Baker continues to sprint away from the rest of the pack. Meanwhile, Cale Yarbrough has visitors as Donnie Allison effortlessly goes right by him. And Donnie now tries to set sights on Buddy Baker. Earnhardt getting sideways in turns three and four. He regains control nicely, but he does lose positions off the number four corner. Dale Earnhardt, Jackie, almost put them all into the wall there. The rear of that car almost came around on him, and Richard Petty backed out of it and gave him a little room, breathing room, but it has allowed everybody to close up on the second-place car. Mike Joy. Donnie Allison has moved around Cale Yarbrough now. It's taken him a while to clamber back up through the field after pit stops, but he is some 12 to 15 car lengths behind Buddy Baker, and is three laps enough time for him to catch the leader. In second is Allison. Riding third is Yarbrough. Fourth is Neil Bonnet. They are tightly in pursuit of Buddy Baker. It's going to be tough, but we saw how well Donnie Allison worked down the back straightaway all afternoon long, but so is the case for Buddy Baker. He continues to hold the first place And problems on Daryl Waltrip's machine. Indeed, Waltrip's 88 car having problems as smoke comes out from behind the car spins around, it does the full 360, it's up in the middle of a groove it's being avoided by race we've got traffic. another one in turn one, turn two, let's go to Mike Joy, one car looks to be Frank Warren's machine has spun around and come to a stop at the bottom of turn number two off the track and down on the apron, back to you in the tower two spins in the waning laps of the Gabriel 400 with two laps to go and caution has been displayed to the field. Now Waltrip's car spun between three and four narrowly being missed by some of the runners right behind him. No contact on that machine and another car that spun off on the apron of the track is sitting down in turn two. The native tan dodge for Frank Warren in turn two and then the other machine Daryl Waltrip's Gatorade machine in turn three. Up here, Jackie, we might mention Waltrip as he limps his way through Turch Pit Road. There's the extensive tire wear as we see on the racetrack but a quick check shows no debris and no fluids. So that might be a break if we hope to get back to green. 
Waltrip could have cut a tire going up into turn number three. Almost tagged the wall, and a white flag is about to come out, along with a caution flag for leader Buddy Baker. So apparently this race will finish under caution as Baker comes across the stripe and gets the white flag. Let's follow him down into turn one. Buddy Baker with Donnie Allison sitting right on his rear bumper in frustration. There was a big gap if Allison was going to be able to catch Buddy Baker. But Frank Warren is unable to fire his car on the apron of turn two. That is blocking the track and will prevent the green from being displayed. Baker waved to the crowd as he came by in turn one. He's about a mile away from the checkered flag. And, of course, you've got to feel good for the gentle giant out of Charlotte, North Carolina. He works down the back straightaway. Donnie Allison draws alongside as evidently they look at each other and exchange a couple of words. But meanwhile, as Buddy Baker will be heading his way back to Victory Circle, big win for her here at Michigan. It's been quite an afternoon of racing. So what is sweet victory or what looks to be sweet victory for Buddy Baker of Charlotte, North Carolina will turn out to be heartbreaking disappointment for the Hawaiian Tropic efforts. Haas Ellington sitting back in Wilmington, North Carolina, listening to this race on the radio. His car looks like it will come home in second position. Caution is still displayed. So coming across the stripe, Barney Hall, the checkered flag is out. Checkered flag for Buddy Baker is second victory of the 1979 Winston Cup season as he finishes ahead of Donnie Allison. Cale Yarbrough will run third. Neil Bonnet will finish fourth. Finishing fifth will be Richard Petty in sixth position right now. Looks like on the field will go to Dale Earnhardt. The 1979 Gabriel 400 is history, and the winner is Buddy Baker. So a somewhat disappointing finish to what has to be one of the wildest races ever held at Michigan International Speedway, Barney. Buddy Baker is victorious over Donnie Allison. A rash of yellow fever in the late quarter of the race really put a lot of things by the boards. We were really posting towards one of the most exciting photo finishes ever in NASCAR history. Well, some 50,000 fans plus this afternoon will always wonder if Buddy Baker could have been overhauled and beaten by either Donnie Allison Allison, Cale Yarborough are some of the other drivers who were nose to tail with him here in the final laps, but the race again finishing under caution. From Michigan International Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Well, they're about to roll Buddy Baker's car into victory lane as we're waiting for the car to arrive there. We will tell you that Dave Marcus has won the Goodies Headache Award here this afternoon, just narrowly edging out Baxter Price. Let's go down to Ned Jarrett. Well, Buddy Baker rolls that Spectre Oil Chevrolet, number 28 in here, and a very happy man, needless to say, as uh, any winner is of a NASCAR Winston Cup Grand National Race. Buddy, congratulations on a fine run. Well, Ned, I owe it all to the car. It just drove anywhere I wanted. I could go up high, I could go down low. I never even changed my groove from the first lap until right near the end of the race. I had to move around just a little bit, but it was just a beautiful race car. It run good, and it handled just, I believe, about anybody here could have drove it. Well, I doubt that, but uh, Buddy, Donnie Allison had come up through the pack after making that pit stop after the last caution. Looked like that he might have been gaining a little bit. Do you think he could have caught you? Well, you know, it's easy to come through the pack when you got a lot of help. I was sitting out there by myself, and he wasn't closing that fast. He had passed me twice during the day, and he couldn't do a thing when he got there. So, I mean, except just drop right back in behind me. My car was just, I, I know one time in my life I had one, I had an advantage today. Well, that's Buddy Baker, a very confident winner here. No doubt in his mind what he would have been there at the end, regardless of whether he had been under caution or green. 
So the Gabriel 400 has finished under caution here at Michigan International Speedway. And again, it's Baker victorious over Donnie Allison, Cale Yarbrough finishing third, Neil Bonnet fourth, Richard Petty fifth, and Dale Earnhardt in sixth position. The wildest and wooliest preamble to the Firecracker 400 that I've ever seen, Barney Hall. If they run like this on a two-mile facility, just think what it's going to be like when we get down there at 10 a.m. on Independence Day at Daytona Beach, Florida. The Firecracker 400 ought to put the Daytona 500 to shame. Well, just think they're going to drop A.J. Foyt right in the middle of the 10 drivers that were running for the lead all here today. So that's going to spice things up considerably at Daytona. And also Kyle Petty making his debut in Winston Cup Grand National Competition. You know, you talk about A.J. Foyt. Of course, he's the current leader in the United States Auto Club Championship Car Division, but he takes an awful lot of ribbing from the Winston Cup Grand National competitors. Sometimes they say, hey, old man, we can beat you every time you come down here. And the last word we got is that A.J. Foyt and Dick Hutchison and the crew, they're loaded for bear. They want to come down, and despite the fact that he has won Winston Cup Grand National events with the Pure Later people and also with his own machine. Uh, I think this time, the Firecracker 400, with the pressure of the Indianapolis 500 behind him, you can look for A.J. Foyt to really give these guys a spirited run for the cash that's up for grabs in Daytona. Foyt is tough anywhere he goes. He's a two-time winner of the Firecracker 400. He'll be going after his third when they go back down there July 4th. It's time for the Simon Eyes World Racing Scoreboard with racing results from around America and abroad. The Simon Eyes World Racing Scoreboard is brought to you by the Simon Eyes Shine. There are shines, and there are Simon Eyes Shines. Today's Simon Eyes Liquid and Simon Eyes Presoft are two simple ways to get a great Simon Eyes Shine. For today's report, here's Jack Aroot. Well, as we get into the middle of the summer months of racing here on the East Coast, on the West Coast, and all the way around the world, it's hot and heavy, be it late model sportsman, modified, or Grand American, Formula One, you name it, it's been going on all weekend here. And in the North Carolina state, Jack Terry reports a lot of racing action for the Winston Racing Series and late model sportsman cars. Friday night at the Asheville Motor Speedway, Tommy Houston was flagged the runner in the 200 National Championship event. Bob Preston was second, Moscolo third, Jack Ingram fourth, Clarence Oval fifth. Saturday night's action at Bowman Gray and Hickory Speedways were rained out and postponed until next Saturday night. Action at Ashburst Carway Speedway was also rained out. The late mile sportsman debut of Kyle Petty that was scheduled at Carway and the Hubin Hensley Propelled Nova has been rescheduled for this Saturday night, June the 23rd at Carway. This is Jack Terry reporting for Salmon Eyes in North Carolina. In the state of Virginia, there's also been a lot of Winston racing activity as well, and our MRN correspondent there is Skip Potter. On Friday night in Richmond at the Southside Speedway, Morgan Shepard took advantage of a late race tangle between Tommy Ellis and Bill Dennis to win the 100-lap contest there for the Winston Sportsman Series. Ellis followed 20 car lengths back for second place with Roy Lee Hendricks third, Dennis fourth, and Charlie Ford fifth. Last night's action in Manassas at the Old Dominion Speedway, a Sportsman National Championship race. Gene Glover fought back from a two-lap deficit to pass Tommy Ellis nine laps from the finish line and won the Coca-Cola 200 there. Ellis was second, Sonny Simmons finished third. Bill Dennis was fourth, and Morgan Shepard was a lap back in fifth position. Twin 25s for the late model sportsman cars last night at the Langley Speedway. Bob Shreves, the track's 1976 limited sportsman champ, won not only his first late model sportsman race, but his second as well. Shreves won both events, the first over Al Grennan and Billy Adkins, and the second over Adkins and Buck Gotze. 
Skip Potter in Virginia for the Simonized World Racing School Board. In New Jersey, New York, and the New England states, they run an open-wheel type of car for the Winston Racing Series. It's the Mod Squad, the men that live by the grace of God and 500 horsepower. And John McMullen is our trackside correspondent there. Wayne Anderson, Richie Evans, George Kent, Jerry Cook, and Tom Baldwin all claim victory on the NASCAR Winston Racing Series Northern Modified Tour this week on Wednesday at the New Egypt, New Jersey Speedway. Wayne Anderson, best of the field in a 35-lap feature. Moving on to Friday's action at the Stafford Motor Speedway in Stafford Springs, Connecticut, Richie Evans posted his 25th win on the season after steering clear of a massive pileup on the first lap that saw Marty Radwick flip down the backstretch. And all seven cars were involved and no one was hurt except the Fran Lamy Vega, which was totaled. When racing resumed, Evans moved up from the 17th starting position, gained the lead from Brian Ross, who in turn had just passed Vinny Amaruno on the backstretch. Evans then charged past Ross at the stripe at the end of the 10th lap for the lead. From there, he cruised with victory ahead of Bobby V, Ken Bouchard, Bug Stevens, and S.J. Vonson. At Spencer Speedway in Williamson, New York, George Kent outran Jerry Cook, Doug Hewitt, Maynard Troyer, and Billy Kane in a 35-lap feature. Cook and Troyer were on M&H tires. On Saturday's action, Jerry Cook beat Evans in a 50-lap feature at the Riverside Park Speedway in Agua Mass. Cook put his Hollibrand trucking Pinto in the lead on lap 13, and at the checkered flag, Evans was some 10 car lengths behind. Stan Gregor took third, with Reggie Ruggiero and Bob Stefanik completing the top five. At Islip, New York Speedway, Tom Baldwin raced to his first win of the season in the 35-lap feature. Charles Zomback took second ahead of Fred Harback, Bob Park, and Wayne Anderson. There was no report from the Shangri-La Speedway in Owego, New York. For MRN Broadcasting, this is John McMullen reporting. Here at Michigan International Speedway yesterday afternoon, Les Richter and the rest of the crew, along with Mike Phelps and everybody that's involved in the International Race of Champions, hosted the first round, the first qualifying round for NASCAR's Winston Cup Grand National competitors. The drivers chosen to go at the post were Neil Bonnet, Bobby Allison, Buddy Baker, Cale Yarbrough, Benny Parsons, Daryl Waltrip, Donnie Allison, and Dale Earnhardt. And by the end of the race, on the last lap, it was a run to the wire for those great outstanding eight competitors. Here it comes. Like a rumbling, roaring Oklahoma land rush. 10,000 feet of racetrack are left, and they're being pinched off at about a football field every second and a half as Bonnet finds strength to pull away from Bobby Allison down the backstretch. Yarborough tries to move on Darrell Waltrip, but has not been able to advance. Here comes... Buddy Baker on the inside of the white car. He passes Dale Earnhardt. He has his sights on Yarborough. Low on the race course they go. Yarborough becomes the meat of an IROC sandwich as they scramble, shoot out for that fourth position. Meanwhile, here's Bobby Allison, Neil Bonnet, Darrell Waltrip, and the question is who will be in fourth position as they line them up. It's Buddy Baker, ladies and gentlemen, by about 18 inches of a race car. Neil Bonnet finished in front. Bobby Allison was second. Daryl Waltrip was third. Buddy Baker was fourth. Those drivers will go on to the finals. A disappointing day for Cale Yarbrough, who finished in fifth position. The rookie Dale Earnhardt grabbed sixth, seventh to Benny Parsons, and a fast-trailing Donnie Allison limped home in eighth. The 100 miles was covered at an average speed of 151.963 miles per hour, and in victory lane, Neil Bonnet was jubilant, to say the least. Neil, to lead a flock of hard chargers, seven of them right in back of you, 
you led the lion's share of the race, but uh, weren't you kind of waiting for the shoe to fall, for somebody to put a move on you? Yeah, you know, as hot as it was today, it seemed like if you get behind the motor, it'd get hot and it'd lose a little bit of power. That thing sure did feel good breathing that fresh air, and I was trying to keep it out there. Here this afternoon, the Gabriel 400 was hosted, and in victory lane, the win went to Buddy Baker, who started in the third position in the Spectra Formula 250 Oldsmobile. Check it, it was a Chevrolet that this afternoon, the silver and silver numeral number 28 in victory lane. The first man to greet him was two-time Grand National Champion Ned Jarrett, and he offered his congratulations. Well, Ned, I owe it all to the car. It just drove anywhere I wanted. I could go up high, I could go down low. I never even changed my groove from the first lap until right near the end of the race. I had to move around just a little bit, but it was just a beautiful race car. It run good, and it handled just, I believe, about anybody here could have drove it. Well, I doubt that, but uh, Buddy, Donnie Allison had come up through the pack after making that pit stop after the last caution. Looked like that he might have been gaining a little bit. Do you think he could have caught you? Well, you know, it's easy to come through the pack when you got a lot of help. I was sitting out there by myself, and he wasn't closing that fast. He had passed me twice during the day, and he couldn't do a thing when he got there. So, I mean, except just drop right back in behind me. My car was just, I, I know one time in my life I had one, I had an advantage today. Baker indeed had the advantage with an average winning speed of 135.797 miles per hour. Donnie Allison finished in second. Cale Yarbrough and his Bush Beer Oldsmobile finished in third. Neil Bonnet, the Purelator Mercury, was fourth. Richard Petty's STP Chevrolet finished in fifth spot. Rookie Dale Earnhardt held on after a late race tangle to finish in the sixth position. Seventh went to the Warner W. Hodgden Racing Team with Bobby Allison at the controls. In eighth position, one lap off the pace was the Trucksmore Industries Mercury for Ricky Rudd, former Rookie of the Year. Ty Scott finished in ninth spot. The Bear Finder Chevrolet for Dick Brooks finished in 10th. 11th to Lenny Pond. 12th to Bill Elliott. The Gatorade Chevrolet of Daryl Waltrip having an engine expire with just two laps to go on the field finished a disappointing 13th. 14th to the Belden Asphalt entry of J.D. McDuffie. 15th spot went to Buddy Arrington. Jimmy Means finished 16th. The Race Hill Farms entry for Harry Gant finished in 17th position. John Kennedy was 18th. 19th spot went to Sandy Satulo, while in 20th was James Hilton. D.K. Ulrich finished 21st, Frank Warren 22nd, Richard Childress's CRC Chemicals car finished 23rd, 24th went to the Belden Asphalt entry, number 19 for Bob Burcham, 25th went to Terry Labonte, 26th to the Shoney's restaurant team of Dave Marcus. Ronnie Thomas finished 27th, 28th went to the David Sosby entry, in 29th position was the King's Inn special, that's being driven by Roger Hamby, and relieving Hamby was Steve Pfeiffer. Finishing 30th was the appliance wheel Chevrolet for Joe Milliken. 31st to Benny Parsons, 32nd belongs to Paul Fess. In 33rd finishing position was the Sonny King Ford of Tommy Gale and Elmo Langley teaming up. In 34th position was Bill Green of Covington, Kentucky. Finishing in 35th spot was car number 42, Marty Robbins. And 36th and final finishing position went to the 09 of Bill Seifert of Arden, North Carolina. That's it for the Simonized World Racing Scoreboard today from Michigan International Speedway. Stay tuned to MRN for future editions of the Simonized World Racing Scoreboard. Brought to you by the Simonized Shine. There are shines, and there are Simonized Shines. Today's Simonized Liquid and Simonized Presoft are two simple ways to get a great Simonized Shine.
Well, Jackie Root, every week we say the same thing. How can they run the kind of race they keep running? Every race after race, 10, 12 car drafts all day, running nose to tail, inches apart. And it ended up the same way again today when they get to Daytona. Remember back in February, they're running 30 car drafts down there. And I guess we'll see the same thing on July the 4th. The new pavement could really create some new questions to be answered in the heat of the July heat in the early morning hours of July 4th at 10 a.m. when they drop the green flag. Remember the last time these Grand National competitors were there, they did not have to contend with the heat. The heat down in Daytona, it's not torrid, it's very comfortable, but it could make for some very blistering race speeds when we drop the green flag for qualifying on Sunday for the pole position and the outside pole in the Firecracker 400. I know I don't want to miss it. I'm sure you don't either. Well, all roads will be leading to Daytona for the next Winston Cup event in the Firecracker 400 on July 4th, along with almost a full week of speed activity. Special thanks to Mike Kay, who filled in admirably today as our director here topside, and also a very special thanks to Ned Jarrett, who covered the pits, to Mike Joy in turn one, and also to Eli Gold down in turn four. Barney, next stop for us, Pocono International Raceway for the Open Wheel Championship Car Division. Of course, the USAC cart controversy coming to a full boil, but it's some real fine racing on that second jewel of the Indianapolis 500, Music 500, and then, of course, the California 500 for the United States Auto Club. We'll all be there. MRN Broadcasting Company will be on the air once again to bring you exciting lap-by-lap display coverage of that great racing event from the United States Auto Club. Well, this is Barney Hall and Jackie Root saying so long from Michigan International Speedway. From Michigan International Speedway in Brooklyn, Michigan, this has been the MRN Broadcasting Company with coverage of the Gabriel 400. The executive producer of MRN Broadcasting is Jack Aroot. Associate producer, Mike Joy. Director of Station Relations, Barry Norman. Chief Engineer, Harry Howard. Today's broadcast directed by John Cooley. All personnel are employees overpaid by the MRN Broadcasting Company. Stay tuned to most of these stations for the broadcast of the Pocono USAC Music 500 next Sunday, June 24th from Pocono, Pennsylvania. This broadcast of the Gabriel 400 NASCAR Winston Cup Grand National Stock Car Race was a presentation of the MRN Broadcasting Company, Division of International Speedway Corporation. This has been MRN's Throwback Thursday, brought to you by Sunoco. Also sponsored by Hercules Tire. Ride on our strength. From outdoor care to home and auto repair. Do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com.